What's up, you beauties? Happy New Year. Welcome to another episode of I'm Out Radio, episode 15 of season 6. I'm your host, Jim Michael, joined as always by Chuck Smith. If you're watching us live on YouTube for the first time this year, make sure you're subscribed and set an alert for future shows. And while you're listening, uh, or if you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. Uh, Jack, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Haven't seen you since before Christmas. Happy New Year to you, sir. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a bit. Here we are. 2024, yep. still going. Feels like a lifetime without. I haven't seen you since last year. Ah, uh, you and all my uh, teachers. All right, I had to get that out of the way. Uh, all right, so a lot has kind of transpired since we've last recorded on, I, th- I think it was December 20th, so uh, just about two weeks. We took a week off last week, you know, the holidays and whatnot, and we're back. Uh, obviously, the title of the episode is The Flyers Are Falling Back to Earth. Uh, or are they? So we're going to definitely talk about that. Uh, we have a plethora of topics we want to get into today. Uh, you may, if you're following the World Junior Classic, you know that, that Cutter Gauthier uh, leads the tournament in points. Uh, we'll talk about Cutter Gauthier a little bit. Uh, we want to talk about Emil Andre seemingly knocking on the door right now down in Lehigh. Not yet knocking it down, but he is, you know, knocking on it. He might be ready for a call-up. We'll uh, discuss some Emil Andre later on. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Urson and Hart. And we'll get the results of the Sean Walker poll. And last but not least, maybe Cam Atkinson needs a break. Um, so let's start out with some uh, some positive talk, if you will. And that's Cutter Gauthier. So having a, 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 an exceptional tournament uh, stats-wise for uh the Americans in the World Junior Classic. Um, I know these these games are on early in the morning or in the middle of the afternoon, so they can be tough to watch. Um, working from home, kind of have them on in the background and whatnot, or um, I'm lucky enough to be able to watch uh, any player I want, any game I want, any time I want from any league. So I've been watching Cutter uh, on, on this application. Uh, but Jack, have you had an opportunity to watch any of Cutter Gauthier so far in, in this year's World Junior Classic? No, I'm in a situation where I don't work from home. I'm at work. I'm not being able to watch. But I am seeing Twitter blow up about a lot of things. I'm seeing a lot of replays, a lot of back-and-forth discussion, uh, which is very interesting, to say the least. It is. And, uh, you know, 10 points is 10 points, and 9 assists is 9 assists. And, you know, I'm I'm sure you can tell the tone of my voice. It's um, (laughs) – So Jim isn't actually working. Shocking. That's Dave. Happy New Year, Dave. Thanks for checking in. And we have Ant DeGrazio also checked in as well, Jack. Chuck's team is still in a playoff spot, Jack. We're going to talk about that. Top day. Right away. One Um, day. We're going to talk about all that. And we're going to do a little tally and who's who's player and see what what our final result is. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a fun discussion. Oh, I'm ready. Um, so we'll we'll table that and we'll we'll put it on a future show list here. Uh, but Cutter Gautier. Uh, so if you've listened to future, sh- I mean past shows, I mean you kind of have have heard my critiques, or if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen my critiques of Cutter Gautier. Um, what I'm trying to do is, I'm trying to tell the truth, or at least 
what I perceive to be the truth about Cutter Gauthier. Um, very good offensive player, right? And I, but there are times when he doesn't turn it on all the time, or or he has to turn it on is the thing. And when 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 I think top five pick, I'm assuming this guy is always turned on. I'm thinking he's always, you know, he's always given 100 percent defensively, you know, in the neutral zone, face-offs, offensively. I'm I'm thinking he's doing it all, especially if he's trying to transition to the center position when he one day plays in the NHL, right? Like playing both sides of the ice is a pretty big responsibility for the center position. Watching Carter at BC, um, he doesn't, it's, it's not always turned on. He turns it on when he wants. And it's usually when his team has the puck or when he has the puck, not a knock because he's a 19 year old kid, a lot of room to grow, but I would catch a lot of flack for that. Right. Jacket, you know, in the group chat, uh, or even voicing my opinion on, on, on the bird app or whatever it's called now X, you know, so there are some people out there who are staunch defenders of Cutter Gautier. They don't want to hear any negative stuff about him. You know, they'll use, Oh, he's just a kid. He's 19. All right, well, he's playing against other 19-year-olds, so I'm not sure what that argument's about. But now people are getting to watch him live. They're getting to watch him in the winter, I'm sorry, in the World Junior Classic against, you know, other top talent. And right now the U- United States are just steamrolling through teams. So I don't think we're we're seeing the true test uh, uh, the true test of Cutter Gautier yet, right? 10 assists or I'm sorry, 10 points against teams that they're blowing out 7 to 2, 8 to 2, 10 to 1. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you, well, it's not so much that the competition is less than college, but that his team is just so stacked. The United States are the favorite to win. Uh, he's playing on a, he was playing on a line with Jimmy Snuggerud and Rucker McGroarty. I, I believe that line was broken up for the last game or two. Um, but I think what people are seeing now is what I've been saying that there are a lot of aspects of Gautier's game that he needs to, to work on or shore up if he's going to be an everyday player in the NHL next season. Cause I think that's what people are expecting, right, Jack? Uh, yeah, I think he is too, to be honest with you. Um, I can't, you just can't <laughs> the day and age we live in. You just can't say anything. Even if you physically see it with your eyes, it's like you said, it's not a knock, but the fact that you would even dare to knock is what the issue is. He's he's 19. He's a kid. He's got if he's not making mistakes, that's like something's wrong. You know, what I mean, I, I almost expect it at this point. Uh, an effort thing is something that kind of can be irritating, and you kind of think about how he skipped Dev Camp, and you mm-hmm. know that so thing. I wasn't can, even gonna bring that up. Well, it, like, to me, it could, it could it could go hand in hand. I um, agree, but but ultimately. You know, with the team smoking teams, you can't complain too much. But at the same time, we can only watch what's put in front of us. It's not like we're seeing them play every day, like with the Flyers or something like that. So you could go by what you see. And if you, sure. you lie because you like somebody, you're only doing a disservice to yourself. You know, so I would rather get the, as much as I like certain prospects, the bare bones, what's happening over pulling the wool over my eyes and telling me all is dandy when it's not. So I'm not even saying the sky is falling or anything. I want the truth. No. I want to know. And I'm 
ultimately at the end of the day, the teams know what they have and what the issues are. And I think we're seeing that with the current players on the team, the young players on the team with the coaching staff and whatnot. So I'm not worried in any respect, but as far as Jim getting a hard time online, it is kind of silly. It's like, it's not, he didn't make this up. Like here's no, the play you're, right you're here. Watching you know? it. Yeah, sure. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, so I was, I was having a discussion with somebody and it made me laugh because in the very next game, I think they end, they ended up winning like eight. I'm sorry, it, this was the game that went to overtime or something. They ended up winning four three, and uh, two of the goals that the United States gave up. I don't want to directly contribute them to Gautier, but you could see the lack of effort on the goals, right? And it's like, okay, here it is. This is what I've been trying to show for the last however many weeks, you know. Um, and so I guess where I'm coming from is when I what I'm expecting from a top five pick is just more. When I watch Gote, I'm just left wanting more, you know, and I'm not sure that we sh- that I should be thinking that way about a top five pick. Does that make sense? Like w- when I watch some of these other guys, I'm like, oh, this guy's got it. Like he's he's this is a complete player. He's gonna steamroll, he's gonna have no problem walking in day one, playing on an NHL roster. When I watch Gote, I'm like, okay, there are some aspects to his game that are very, very good right now. But there are a lot of, you know, there are some aspects where it's like, ooh, he's got to really, someone's got to, someone's got to be telling him, like, hey, you need to give the same effort in the D zone that you give when the puck's going the other way. Like, you can't just fly by guys or skate, skate by, you know, when, when, you know, along the boards, when uh, your teammate's in a board battle, you can't just float by that or, Prime example the other night, both the defenders on Team USA made the mistake going behind the net for the for the puck, which left uh, an offense an offensive player wide open in the slot. Goche was coming back, but didn't make a single stride since entering the D zone. So it's like he was doing what he was supposed to do, but not. I don't know how else to say. Just the effort wasn't there to be there before the potential pass came. You know, um, so it's it's little things like that that irritate, excuse me, irritate the shit out of me. It's like like Morgan Frost will do shit that bugs me, and Bobby Brink did something last night that bothered the hell out of me. Um, you know, a behind the back uh, spin pass in the offensive zone while you're on the power play takes the puck out of the zone. Just shit like that irritates me. And uh, you know, I I want to see these young kids with good habits when they come up. I don't want to see them learning good habits in the NHL. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. Um, that might happen with Gautier just based on his talent level and what this team's plans are. Mm-hmm. But I understand. I understand you described a complete player. You want a complete player. And when this guy is supposed to be highly touted and probably more highly touted than we, I think we look at him than the rest of the league, but there's those offensive numbers are awfully flashy. So naturally you're going to do that. Uh, you want him to be a complete player. And on top of being a complete player, it's one thing to see a guy hustle and not come out with a puck or come up short. It's another thing to see that there's not a lack of, of effort there. And that, that can irritate and that can lead to like, I think, you know, these goals are nice, but they're not going to come as easy in the NHL. And you're going to have to, you're going to have, if you want to play your game, you're going to have to play the coach's way first. And guess what that entails, you know, so things of that nature. So that I understand. And he's almost got, I know a player you're referring to coming back because it was on Twitter a couple of times, X, whatever. 
And it's almost like he's waiting to just be able to turn back around and take off the other way, like a Russian player, like as fast as possible, which, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I just hope when the time, you just hope when the time comes to really grind down and play the game the right way, he just does. And yeah. there's a lot of players that just in juniors and whatnot, they, they're a little slow to that. So I, I'm not, neither are you, I'm sure. Or at the point where we're like, Oh, we have an issue here. Nobody's saying that, but you, there's nothing wrong with pointing it out either. As you, stated earlier they're smoking teams it's not like they're you know beating canada in their prime by the way they've been eliminated if i'm correct a a poor bounce off of bonk stick believe it or not uh but like normally canada is running the show here and the usa is playing catch up and close games with teams of that nature if they're blowing everybody out then these not what was it nine assists whatever like that's not exactly as impressive but then again maybe he's also one of the reasons they're blowing teams out too so I, I just I take everything for with a grain of salt. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go crazy. But at the same time, it's not like you're false reporting. You know, like this is right. this is a thing, and this is a tournament. This isn't like exhibition. You know, this is like a legitimate tournament. These players look for just being invited. to like Team Canada was like a big deal for certain players. You know, it's any team really, but like Canada because of their prestige and whatnot. And now USA. So I don't I don't blame you at all. I prefer you call it how it is. We'll ultimately see what happens. This next offseason is going to be very interesting in that regard. And if he does have this issue, well, we have a guy in place to hopefully get that out of his system. Good stuff. Uh, very true. And that, that's all I'm trying to do is just stay. This is what I'm seeing, you know, because uh, right now we're all seeing points. Um, and I, people might not like this either, but at least half those assists, I mean, they weren't, they weren't primary assists. So we're calling – there's people on like prominent people again, like, you know, hopefully, you know, nothing happens like last time, but prominent people are calling Cutter Gauthier a playmaker or oh, whoever questioned uh, his playmaking ability. Half of those are not primary assists. They're like want to face off, you know, puck ping ponged around, ends up on a guy's stick and he passes it over to somebody for a snipe. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, they're like not, they're not all. There. Yeah. So he's getting like playmaking accolades for, you know, winning a face-off and a puck, you know, bumper card to somebody else who got the primary assist kind of deal. And he's on a line with two finishers, right? So if they're picking up loose pucks, they're they're ripping them. So I, I'm just not feeding into the Cutter Gauthier as a playmaker uh, hype, right? And I think it's maybe a disservice a little bit. It's deceiving, in my opinion. Um, good. And again, it sounds like I'm, I'm crapping on the kid, but... You know, with prospects, I think people want to be excited, so they get excited over nothing, right? Um, again, they've been steamrolling bad teams, so nine assists is great. Half of those I don't think are primary assists, but, you know, if you want to juice up the playmaker thing for Cutter Gauthier, be my guest. I'm, I'm not going to tell you to not. So that's all. Um, let's move on a little bit here, Jack. Um, so here's a, another uh, prospect here, Flyers prospect. Uh, was a dark horse, at least for me, to make the Flyers out of camp this year. Uh, got in four games beginning of the year. Uh, former second-round pick in 2020, Emil Andre. Um, he's playing very well in Lehigh. Uh, currently has 15 points in 22 games. Quarterbacking there, PP1. Just give me a second, and I'll get his power play numbers up here. Um, but this is a guy I think I project to be the Flyers' future power play quarterback. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting time right now with the Flyers because their power play just can't get it going. 
And, you know, at what point in the season do we see things kind of shaking up a little bit? Um, are they going to wait to the trade deadline to start calling guys up? Um, so hang on, I have the numbers here for you. So Andre has three goals, 12 assists. Two of those goals came via the power play. And it doesn't have the shorthanded, I'm sorry, the power play assists on here. So I'll have to look those numbers up. But uh, Emil Andre, a, a player that we were both very high on heading into uh, preseason, ended up making the Flyers. It was a guy we didn't think would stick around once uh, Zamula uh, got going. And uh, yeah, he seems to be, you know, at least knocking on the door, Jack, uh, uh, of, of, you know, forcing the Flyers' hand uh, sooner or later. I mean, so you're out on York, or is he just going to play over York down the road? Yeah, he's going to. I I think he really is going to play over York. Not that York is bad, but when when you watch Andre play, um, everything's under control. He's so concise. Um, he's very deliberate. Uh, it, it's like he he knows what his role and responsibility is, and he's he's good at it. You know, he's he can get pucks to goal. Uh, he can facilitate, which I think is very important, especially with the Flyers roster today. Uh, they got a lot of guys that can shoot the puck, especially on the power play. So you you, you kind of need uh, – when I watch him play the power play, he reminds me of a point guard in uh, basketball, you know, because he takes space when space is there. Um, and when it's not there, he he knows where he's going with the puck right away. Um, he's a good facilitator and get pucks to goal. I mean, that's – in my opinion, it's what you want from a, a quarterback, a power play quarterback, point guard, whatever. Um and, and it wouldn't be a bad thing, you know, to have York as an option as well. Maybe they both play the power play uh, uh, one um, or one plays power play two, either way. Um, but he's he's certainly knocking Emil Andre. That's pretty big, a second-round pick, you know. That's exactly what you want to hear. Uh, I know you're really big on getting pucks to net too, so that's always wonderful. He was a – I mean, we've liked this guy since he was drafted essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, he there He's obviously coming over from – is it Sweden? I always forget – um, yeah, Sweden. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a little bit of a, you know, getting used to everything kind of time period and whatnot. And I know the flyers really wanted to see what they had in them. They really made the beginning of the season. They made him available a lot and eventually he had to get sent down, but that happens. It's how you respond and he's responding exactly how you would like, and he's doing everything you want to see. It's just another, another guy to add to this rebuild that is just not expected because again talk about second round picks and this team has been you know starting to turn into something potentially uh and he's just right up there is at the top of the list they need more defensemen they need more offensive defensemen um and and maybe they might not if he pans out like the way he could so uh, it's just just more i don't want to say embarrassment of riches because we got a ways to go but definitely something you want to see definitely i would love to see him I don't want to pray for an injury, but if something were to happen, I would love to see him back up here in a heartbeat. See him do it at the NHL level, get more, more with playing with confidence. When you're starting the season out, that's one thing. When you're actually playing with confidence, you're doing like Forrester last year when he came up, kind of like come in midseason while you're playing well and just see if you can translate that on the NHL squad. So that I'd rather see that than whatever you want to call the beginning of the year. Yeah, good points. And, uh, you know, I think the time is going to come sooner or later, especially if the Flyers continue uh, the trend that they're on. And let's kind of get into this a little bit. Obviously, the title of the episode are the Flyers coming back down to earth. Uh, they've hit the skids uh, in their last six games. They are 1-3-2. and two. Uh, They just wrapped up their West Coast, uh, Western Canadian trip. They went 1-2-1. and one. Started out pretty good. Got a nice win over Vancouver. They swept them this year. Best team in the league. They take 
two games from them. Um, <laughs> and then they take a point. Uh, who'd they get the point from? Was it Seattle? Yeah, that was the overtime game. And they looked, they looked a little flat. So, you know, we, we heard the entire trip, the Flyers were sick, you know, five-hour flight. And I think the sick thing definitely comes into play. Um, however, you know, you're out there for, you know, a week, a little over a week. I think the five-hour thing eventually wears off. Um, they, looked, they looked tired. You know, they looked ready to come home, I think, during that Seattle game. They just couldn't, they couldn't get, it, get it going. Um, we saw against Edmonton last night, uh, McDavid was doing McDavid things. And, uh, you know, they give them credit. They played, the, they, they, you could see that they were trying. You know, even when they looked not great, you could see that they were trying. But I, I, I tend to believe, I'm, I'm buying into, you know, something's going around the room. They're sick, they're tired, they're beat. Um, I had an insider today, if you're listening to the show, uh, he, he actually, I forget what he does out there. He does something for the, the, the commercial planes, commercial flights. And he said, he usually gets the flyers when they go out there. Um, wasn't able to get on the plane, but I got inside information. He said, the flyers look tired. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's uh, maybe they're all getting over whatever they're getting over out there. And uh, I, I'll give them a break. You know, one, two and one Western uh, Canadian trip. You take a win from Vancouver. You take a point from Seattle, who beat up on Vegas during the Winter yeah. Classic, by the way. Um, so maybe they're starting to get it together. And then they drop, unfortunately, two straight. Uh, one to Calgary, uh, one to Edmonton. And they'll see Calgary on Saturday. But, um, Jack, are you – so you, you, you tend to stay a little bit more even keeled than I do. I think it was Dan Silver who said I sensationalize a little bit, which is true. And, you know, after the Flyers beat the Avalanche a couple weeks ago, I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy in here. The Flyers are good. And now, you know, they, they come off a tough road trip. I'm still not off of that. The Flyers are good, but where are you, where's your head at with all this? I mean, the, the last two, three games, they haven't looked great. Is, is this the real Flyers or are they just going through it a little bit? Um, I think they're just going through it a little bit. You spoke about the West Coast trip, tired legs, sick. Uh, that cracking game was the next night, so now you're on a back-to-back. Uh, the I would the only game I was felt a little disappointed in was the Cal- the Calgary game. That's a team I think they're better than. I think they should have beaten. Uh, they felt like they were trailing the whole game. It just it just didn't happen, and it is what it is. Uh, can't give him too much too much flack about Edmonton. That was the McDavid game. It's almost like he had the game circled from their, their loss back in October. They fired their coach out there. And I think since they fired their coach, they played like 21 or two games and they have like 16 wins. So that team is really turning things around. Um, McDavid, I believe had four primary assists. So non Gautier assists, sorry. <laughs> uh, and a goal. And uh, he's just ridiculous. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I, that's why those guys come around only so often. He, he beat them. It is what it is. Um, and you can make excuses for all games. I don't want to do that. I'll be honest with you. When they beat the Canucks, I was like jaw dropped. I was like, I cannot believe they keep winning. But like, if I look back, you know, they, since they beat the devils and the red wings, they lost the predators, lost the red wings, went on the Christmas vacation, came back, beat the Canucks, which was great. Then they lose the Kraken, flames, Oilers. This happens. Now, if they were to lose to the Blue Jackets and Flames in the next two games, I'd be a little like, okay, something's going on here maybe. 
But uh, even then, I, I need more than that because they're approached rapidly. Like I'm talking about, geez, how many games have they played at this point? Um, sorry, standings always takes me a bit. So there are four games away from playing half the season. So half the season versus a four or five game stretch. I'm going to lean with half the season now. So I'm not there yet. They've never historically done good on West coast trips. Every once in a while, they have an anomaly. Um, so once they come back home, you know, they play, I think they have four straight home games. We'll see how they do that. Blue jackets, flames, penguins, and Canadians. I see them at least two and two out of that. Uh, yeah, I, I would hope so. So a big game, you mentioned tomorrow night, Columbus, and then the you know the rematch Saturday against Calgary. Tomorrow night's a chance for them to get back on track a bit. I was watching the post game last night, and Al Morgani, uh, former guest of the show, had mentioned you know this is January is where things kind of get like boom, boom, boom here, right? So you know you don't really want to go into January in a funk because now they have a game every other night. Right, it's like every every Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday kind of thing. Maybe you have a Saturday, Sunday game on the weekend. You know, you don't want to go into this, you know, and kind of snowball here, which is, you know, what could happen essentially if they don't get on track tomorrow night against Columbus. Columbus, obviously, everybody knows the worst team in the division, 12, 19, and eight on the season, where the Flyers are currently 19, 13, and five. So not terrible from the Flyers. I do want to mention though. Um, that because we were we were talking about this a month or so ago. Not that we weren't fully on board with anything, but you know the Flyers were sitting in second place for a few weeks, you know, on and off with New York, and we had mentioned that teams like Carolina, uh, the Islanders, Washington, New Jersey, uh, even Pittsburgh. Some of these teams had games in hand, and you know they hadn't really figured it out yet. The Metro's not as strong as it has been, kind of thing. Uh, well, Carolina's won four straight. Uh, the Islanders are kind of islandering, right? 17, 10, and 10. Like, what the hell are they? And uh, the Capitals still two games in hand, 42 points, where the Flyers are at 43. Um, and, and New Jersey kind of floundering around a little bit. Only played 35 games. They have 40 points. So if they win their two games in hand, they they pass the Flyers as well. So the Flyers are now running into a rough spot in their schedule or season, you know, going one, three, and two in their last six, which this it was bound to happen. They were going to run into a rough spot, right? Because while they're playing very good, they're just our teams that are just better than them, right? And I think we're starting to see that play out a little bit, Jack. Uh, like, uh, like for example, like the Calgary game. Do we expect them to beat the Calgary Flames? Of course. Are they always going to win the games we expect them to win right now? No. It's just how it's going to be. They lost to the San Jose Sharks. We all thought they were going to beat them, right? Um, they're just, they're not there yet, right? This is a team that can't afford to lose those games and they're gonna, they're going to lose some of those games. They're just not there. So currently they're fourth Carolina's past them. New York is a point in front of them. Uh, capitals right behind them. Uh, I would expect the capitals to eventually pass them. All of a sudden flyers are in fifth, uh, New Jersey. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what New Jersey's going to do They're Uh, like I said, Two games in hand, three points back. I would expect New Jersey to pass them eventually. We'll see if Pittsburgh does. So I, it's it's this is what I'm trying to say. The Flyers are going to fall in the standings, and it's not going to be because they're not good. I don't know how to how else to say it. There's just teams that are 
more complete, just better right now, you know, which I think if you're rooting for the Flyers to get a better draft pick and, and, and like, I guess tank and improve or yeah, I guess tank and improve at the same time. I think they're going to do that is how I see this season playing out They're They might just run out of steam, you know, and, and teams like Washington, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, eventually find their footing and just pass them, you know? Well, that's, that's what I'm that's looking what, at here. Hey, yeah. I'm looking at the, the wild card race. The Flyers currently hold the first wild card. And to me, it goes all the way down until Detroit. They're all considered playoff bubble teams. I mean, yeah. really, and I, and these are only separated. Detroit and Montreal are only separated by three points, and Montreal has a game in hand. But like Montreal, Buffalo, Columbus, and Ottawa, those are the four teams I don't consider playoff bubble teams. And they're really, like Montreal is not even that far out of it. Off, they are thirty-seven points. I don't expect them to catch up. My point is, this is how tight everything is. I mean, there are three different teams with forty points: New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and then Tampa with forty-one. They are all not making the playoffs if it ends today. That's unheard of. Like three of those teams should make the playoffs and that's easily bumps Philly out of it. So the entire Eastern conference is a playoff bubble team. Um, and I could even see Ottawa. I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs, but if they start changing things. They fired their GM, their coach. They start playing better again, which typically happens when you do that. They'll just be harder outs for a team like the flyers trying to pick up wins against teams that aren't as talented as these other guys. And, you know, Pittsburgh's got a lot riding on this year. I expect Tampa to pull it together. And remember Vasilevsky missed October, November, most of December before he came back. Uh, I might be wrong about December. I cannot remember exactly when he came back, but he missed a substantial time compared about where we are now. Um, you know, teams, like you said, they figure things out, they make moves and yeah, I see everybody. I, I can't explain the Islanders, but everybody else, they look like, like the playoffs look like they did last year, essentially. You just got to get teams like New Jersey and Pittsburgh and Tampa in there, and they're all knocking on the door. And they all got games in hand, except for Tampa. Everybody's got games in hand. Flyers have played some of the most games in the in the league. And um, I want to see them continue to play well. But ultimately, it, it, I don't expect them to go on a big losing streak or anything. But over time, when we're talking about this in the beginning of February, I could see the Flyers in the spot that the Devils are in now on the outside looking in, but definitely still in the race. So, which is not still not where we had them at the beginning of the year, but a lot has happened that we did not expect for, uh, for, uh, and I'm not just talking about development for this scene to be where it is. So, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we've been saying this every time we checked in on the standings and it might not be happening overnight, but it is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the course of the year, things, will, things will even out. Right. Um, uh, the cream usually rises and the flyers are not that yet. Um, they'll, they'll be able to play with anybody, you know, throughout the course of the year. But I mean, we're, we're talking about teams like the capitals, the lightning, the devils, the penguins all directly behind the flyers and Detroit. I'm not sure if I trust Detroit yet. Right. Like they can, they can be entertaining, but they can't keep the puck out of their net. Uh, and then of course you have teams like the Canadians, the blue jackets, and two teams that are surprisingly bad this year in Buffalo and, and Ottawa, which Ottawa's last in the Eastern Conference, Jack, 14 and 19 with 28 points. Can you believe that? 
they have, yeah, I mean, they had the fact they have less points than Columbus is, although they've only played 33 games or Columbus has played 39, but yeah, yeah it, it's still there. They were a team supposed to be loading up to go for it. And, you know, yeah. they got Giroux, they got draft picks coming through that I thought were looking good. Like, like Sanderson and um, they traded for Chickering last year and, yeah. you know, they, they got all sorts of guys and it's, I don't know. It is. That's hockey's funny like that. It really is. Look at our team. We're like the exact opposite. Yeah. It is weird. So I'm I'm looking at it. And I'm like, okay, let's say the Flyers do end up, you know, getting passed a little bit here. I, I don't. I'm not sure unless Buffalo somehow figures it out, and you know, Ottawa goes on a tear. I don't think they finish any worse than fifth in their own conference, right? Montreal, Buffalo, Columbus, Ottawa. Um, you check out the West real quick. Uh, the West, I think, is pretty. Pretty uh there's a lot of parody in the way. Actually, you know what? There's not. I think I think I read earlier state. today there's like six teams that are already like booked for the playoffs. You got some points out there. I mean yeah. Colorado's doing Colorado things. The the Winnipeg was very is obviously very surprising. Uh Vancouver surprising, but you know, Vegas, the Kings, Dallas. Uh, Nashville's hung around there. I think people ever thought they were going to start to fall off, and they really haven't. They, they've mm-hmm. been a pretty steady playoff team. Arizona's in the playoffs if it ends today, but I expect Edmonton to take that spot back. Uh, Seattle could get things going. Look St. At Louis, Seattle with five in a row. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hacksaw is the greatest coach of all time. I'm surprised it wasn't ten in a row, fifteen. There you go. Uh, uh, St. Louis, we know how things have gone there. Craig Ruby fired. Calgary, things have been real rough there. They're breaking down their contracts. I'm starting Blake Coleman more than I am Huberto. Like it's just, oh it's rough. Um, yeah, Minnesota has not had the season they, I guess, expected. Uh, yeah, Anaheim and Anaheim had a little bit of a, a start to the season, but they've been ultimately Anaheim, and then you got Chicago and San Jose. So um, it's it's tailed. yes. Uh, it's about what we expect with so a couple of surprises, but they definitely look like the more talented teams. Um, I don't see much changing, maybe a few things, but it's not like the East where, like, a, you if you had, like, a, seriously, if the Flyers were to have a 10-game losing streak, have it be a part of, like, the last couple of games, like, they would drop until, to, like, Montreal spot. <laughs> like, that's insane. I would go from a, the number one wild card to bottom five or four in the east that's insane i guess what i'm kind of getting at is here i think a top 10 pick is still within reach in <laughs> fact i'll say i'll say it right now january 3rd 2024 flyers will be picking top 10 in the 2024 nhl draft that's what i think is going to happen that would be awesome because they did a lot of good development this year with these young guys so that'd be great yeah, yeah you know it's um it's a long season they played very good for you know, the unofficial first half of it, or it's not even the unofficial first half, but um, not that I don't think they can hang on, but I think they're going to get past. They're just not, they're not there yet. So I don't want to, I don't want to dwell too much on it because they've been very good up to this point. It's not that I don't think that they're good. It's just, you know, to do what they're doing for a full 82 games and not run out of steam. Like sometimes you need skill to take over or like your goalies to, you know, win you some games. Um, and, and right now, I think maybe um, they rely too much on the goalie. Um, their style of hockey, I'm not sure they can keep up. Um, so, then, you know, add some skill, uh, get the defense in order, and next year's the year. They make a playoff push. 
Um, I did want to touch on the goalies for just a second because um, before the Flyers went on their little skid, I posed a question, and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit because obviously there are better goalie tandems. But right now, do the Flyers have one of the best goalie tandems in the league, Jack, between Carter Hart and Sam Erson? Like, with either one in goal, you feel pretty confident, don't you? Oh, I do now. I was a little unsure with Arison. Um Hart, if he ever get, got into a game where he gets shelled right off the bat and gives up like two goals, he can fall into a giving up bad goals lull. But I haven't seen a lot of that this year, and erson has been phenomenal. He's got, how many shutouts does he have this year? My God. I mean, that one nothing shutout against Detroit was great. Like, I mean, you really had to go the distance with that shutout. You weren't nursing it. If you gave it up, it's the, you know, you still win the game. No, the game's tied. You're in overtime. Like, he really, that was an impressive shutout. Um, I don't even, I don't know if I want to say the defense in front of them has been significantly improved. I know a lot of players have. Um, but yeah, they have. And that has something to do with it. But I've seen the saves. Like, I, there was, there's games where, They've kept them in the game single, even games they've lost. They've kept them in the game single handedly. They played very well. I for to find a, a tandem that's better than that. There's a couple out there, but there's not many, and they're definitely not. Nobody's as young. And that's my favorite part about it is the youth that they have, especially Urson. My God, just got yeah. here. And so Urson does have two shutouts. Carter Hart has one, and I believe they had three shutouts between them all of last year. Um, so significant improvement. Carter Hart's goals against average is uh, down almost 30 points from last year, and his save percentage is up uh, about five points from last year. Uh, and Erson's, I think, are, is very similar. Let me go, go back and look that up for you guys here. Um, so, yeah, his, his save percentage from last year is down uh, almost a half a point, 3.07 in 12 games last year, and it's down to 2.54 this year. Uh, and his save percentage is up three points this year. Uh, from eight nine nine last year, so I mean, you we we talk about this a lot, but growing up, like, um, you know, it was kind of just put whoever in goal, you know, just patch things up, you know, throw this guy in and and find a backup. And uh, I'm thinking guys like Intero uh, Nitomaki come to mind, um, who it was, you know, pretty good and for what he did, um, you know, a lot of people love Steve Mason, uh, who they who they did they trade for Steve Mason. Yeah, once they traded Bob, they traded for Steve Mason. Yeah, okay, and, and Bob's another one. It's like, you know, let's see what we got in this guy. Let's see what we got in that guy. Whereas now, it's these are two homegrown guys, both good. Uh, Hart obviously, uh, what was he? Hart was a second round pick, not a first, right? Correct. And Sam Erson, the fifth round pick, and I felt like we we were talking about Sam Erson for the longest time. I mean, probably since we started our show, Jack. He was drafted in 2018. You know, we heard about this Swede, uh, you know, who could play goal and uh, was tearing it up in the, the Swedish league. Uh, came over with for the Phantoms in 2021, 2022, played a handful of games. And uh, the next thing you know, he's up with the Flyers. And uh, you know, what I could say is Torts loves this guy. How much so? I think we'll find out, um, you know, probably by the summer. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying... There are some games this year where you expect Hart to play and whether Hart is, is sick or not. And, you know, we can speculate and, on what's going on there. But Erson started 16 games this year. Hart started 21. That's wow. almost an even split. Yeah. You know, so just something to keep an eye on, I think. 
Um, okay, let's move on a bit here. Uh, so we touched on uh, the flyers hitting the skids. Um, there, maybe there are some benefits to them hitting the skids. You know, it's that's what I mean, Jack. Like, it's I can't get upset watching them this year because if they do well, all right, great. Maybe we're talking playoffs. And if they don't do well, all right, great. Top 10 pick, right? So it's like, hey, what's everyone getting angry for? Just enjoy the game um, while you can. Because once they get good, now you have expectations. And when they lose, you know, it ruins your whole night. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So before we get to our Sean Walker poll, because uh, I have to look it up real quick, I want to talk about Cam Atkinson, Jack, and, and what's going on there? Like, I think I went to a game in at the end of November, and you could clearly see Cam Atkinson was a step behind. I'm not sure if he was fighting off an injury. Maybe he was sick. I don't know, but he was uh, at least a step or two behind every play where you would expect the guy to be somewhere or be in a position. He'd look over and he'd be on his way still. You know what I mean? Um, so there was something up a month ago. And now I think maybe for the last few weeks, people are starting to, you know, get a little tired of it. Cause he, you know, he's got a little leeway. He's a vet, really nice guy, you know, goal scorer. And I think people are, you know, if the flyers are going to sit somebody, Atkinson's maybe the guy what's going on with Cam Atkinson, Jack. I don't think he can hurt. I mean, I just see a guy who does look like he's a uh, step, step or two behind in most plays. And when he does get an opportunity lately, it seems that he either just stick handles too much, like a breakaway where it looks like he tried to go five hole. And if he maybe let it released earlier, he could have gotten it, but then had one more little stick handle, just pressing, just pressing too much. He's not scored a goal since November 11th. So we're coming up on almost two months since he scored a goal. Um, if any, if, I don't think a sit would hurt. You know, he's a he's a vet. He's older. He went through some significant injury history in the past, like the recent past. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. He's a good guy. He, could, he strikes me as a guy who could sit and still be like positive to the team. Um, it's just not it's not working for him there. I know he's one of Torts' guys, but come on, the eye test here, the, the the eye test matches every other test you have. Like it's you want to get some of these young guys in for a game here or there. Yeah, absolutely should sit and maybe he'll recharge the batteries or something and, or figure something out, but it's not looking pretty right now. It's really not. He's taking penalties, minus player occasionally gets an assist and that's about all you get out of him. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because you know, he is a good guy, but something that you said there was close with torts, you know, and we're all thinking, okay, well, you know, if, if a guy's, you know, struggling and not playing great out there, torts is not afraid to sit, but, we know that he's he's different with vets or or certain vets, whereas a guy like Stahl, who you expect to be rotated, he'll rotate. Um, but a player like Cam Atkinson, it'd be a little embarrassing to sit a guy like Cam Atkinson if you're Cam Atkinson. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to lie, I do like that respect type thing with torts. Um, but I think he could u- maybe use a game, you know, like, hey, Cam, like maybe – you know, sit in the press box for a little bit, get your legs back. Cause he's, he's struggling out there you now. And it's showing up in his decision-making now too, right? Cause once the body's tired, the mind follows. And if you're in your own head, that's trouble. Yeah. And, and so we're starting to see that. Just give him a break, you know, to fly, get one of these other guys in there. Uh, sometime. Call, call it a maintenance day. 
Yeah, hey, the maintenance day. That's Boom. all. You got these young guys. You want, I want to see like a Lexell play or something. I don't want to see Rick yeah. Gardner in there. I, mm-hmm. I want to see get Lexell or uh, or Tomala. Oh, that'd be fun. I wonder uh, if you see that when they come back. Well, I don't know. That'd, that'd be cool though. He definitely he earned the, it. He was at the Sixers game tonight. Tomala? Yeah. Or when, really? when did they play last night? Was it tonight or last yeah, they night? Play, I, I think know. they played the Bulls last night, didn't they? Yeah, whenever it was, he was at the game, so he's in Philly. So maybe something to keep an eye on there because, they, you know, the, when they brought out Gardner, we said right away, well, it's just to have an extra body. Like, God forbid something happens. Everybody's sick out there. Daddy gets in a game. Now that they're home, I would expect them to send Gardner down, and maybe they do call up a guy like uh, Tuamala. Um, quick note, they they did send uh, Alexei Gendron down to his – uh, QM, QMJHL team. <laughs> I had to Got think it. about that before I said, yeah. Um, so he's back in the QMJHL. Uh, they said they want to, uh, they want him playing every night instead of getting into a rotation with the Phantoms. I believe he was playing fourth line minutes and he's not a fourth line guy. He needs to be playing middle six minutes. And he's a shooter, sniper, scorer. Um, Flyers have a lot of these guys now, but, uh, so quick note there. Um, but yeah. I wonder now that they're going to be back in Philly and they'll be here for, I think, the next four or five games. I just wonder if, you know, if they do sit Atkinson or maybe it's maybe it's even Brink because that, like I said, that that power play pass that came out of the zone, the behind-the-back power play uh, pass, uh, maybe that deserves a game. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, something to keep an eye on there because Tumal is playing very well with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. <clears throat> All right, we'll move on to let's get to our Sean Walker poll, Jack. So I think last show we had a good Sean Walker discussion whether they should trade him or sign him. And there is no in between because what a lot of people want, right, is oh, they should trade him. And then if he really likes it here, they should sign him back. Jack, how many times does that happen? Like that almost never happens. It's funny because it's pretty rare. And even when it's talked about, it still like doesn't happen. I remember Patrick Maroon was going to do it with Edmonton in like Connor McDavid's like first or second year. They traded him, and you're just waiting for the resign, waiting, waiting, waiting. Boom, he signs like in Tampa or something. It was like, what happened? Like that was like a solid in snow, and it wasn't even the team. I thought he got traded to the Blues, or like it wasn't even the team he was traded to, which is even stranger. Like you had a handshake agreement in place. It is pretty rare. I don't know what things happened, but we also aren't behind the scenes. But um, yeah, it's pretty rare. And, and for a guy like um, Walker, how often is he going to hit free agency again with this kind of season under his belt to walk to free agency? I um, he's probably going to cash in. I would. He'll be twenty nine years old next year. You know, or is he twenty nine now? I can't remember. I think he just turned twenty nine. If I'm correct, I believe he is twenty nine. Twenty nine November, I believe he is. And there's a reason I know what month is he was born. Um, yeah, so he'll be going into his 30th year next year. He's going to want a contract, you know, at least four years plus money. So I don't see that happening. It's still an option. They should still have the will room to make something happen or be in the ballpark. But if I'm trading him, re-signing him is only, it's just extra. I, I want the picks because this team is in a position where they should want picks and he is free money free gold and you should use that to get said picks especially if what's being discussed 
well, if only I'll say, if only it's what's being dangled can actually be attained in that of a first round pick from a team. Yeah. And supposedly that's the ask. Like that's the price that starts with the one. Well, that's and, and to me, it doesn't matter where you get it. Like, no, I don't even. For example, like if, especially if a team like Toronto or Edmonton calls for it, um, you know, Edmonton maybe makes the seventh or eighth seed kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they get bounced first. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where the pick falls, right? Because all it, it's like Sean Walker's, you mentioned, he's going to be 30. He's having a career year in a contract year. Like, this is what players do. They have their best year in their contract year and almost always come back. Like they regress the next season. It's not that they get worse. It's that they got the contract, right? God bless. And uh, it's not that I don't like Sean Walker. Like when they traded for Sean Walker, I'm, I'm on record on the show saying I like Sean Walker. This is not a guy that, you know, he's not just a tossing guy for the Flyers anyways. Maybe, you know, he's a cap dump for L.A. But if you're the Flyers, you're like, this is a guy we can do something with. And they're doing exactly that with him. He's doing exactly what you want. I don't understand the talk in, 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 in signing him. I really don't, especially when you consider, Jack, they have guys like Milan Dre coming up, Ronnie Adder coming up. They just drafted Oliver Bonk's not going to be here for another three years or so. Um, but the point is they have guys, they have cavalry coming in the defensive stable here. How long do we want to sign Sean Walker for that in two years, he's going to be a guy, you know, we're all going to be bitching because he's blocking players. Do you know what I mean? Well, not only that, his play could drop off. There's not a whole lot of sample size with him. He was never like a bad defenseman, but like if he's asking for, five years, four years at five, six, no, not by not six, but like 5 million and change or who knows, you know, cap going up and demand going up and it's defenseman, right-handed defenseman. I mean, you know, teams have paid up for sillier. Um, my question is we're not really supposed to go for it theoretically in the rebuild. until Mishkov gets here, right? Like that's idealistically what you would think. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they're, they're supposedly getting ready like now for when he gets here, they hit the ground running. The team's playing the style they want to play for when Mitchkov gets over here. All right. So let's, let's just say, yeah, that's when they're really serious about it. So in 2026, he'll be what, like 32 years old, you mm -hmm. know, and you're not going to have a guy, a rookie come in and <clears throat> just turn into McDavid or whatever, whoever you have him compared to off the year one. You know, like it's going to take some time. So Walker's like, I just feel like this team isn't doing anything like that until like legitimately like four or five years. Now we might be competitive and playing good hockey and we all have expectations earlier than that. But realistically, how often does a team do a rebuild, get a superstar and boom, they're right there in the Eastern Conference finals. It takes time. I mean, look at freaking Edmonton. You know how long that took them to get things going before they, I think they made the Eastern conference finals once, twice, maybe I can't remember if they had an early success, but not often, you know, even, even, uh, Sidney Crosby, what was he drafted? Oh, five. First time they went was Oh eight. So it's still like three years. So we'll say 2029. And that, these guys are higher caliber prospects than Meechkoff. That's for sure. 
you know, so now we're looking at almost 2030. We're going to sign Walker now. He'd be like 36 years old if you still have him around, if he's still the same player, if he's not blocking player. It's just, just take the draft pick. You've already gotten more than you could have ever asked for. You need to find some kind of def- number one defenseman in the draft some way, somehow, whether you're packaging, packaging it up and moving up or if you're getting lucky and just getting a guy in the mid mid rounds that could just wind up. You still need the center depth. You need, you have draft pick needs. It's a good draft. Everything screams, just take the draft pick. You'll figure out the rest later. Walker, in my opinion, down the road, when this team's actually trying to win something will be either too old or just not big enough a part of the pie to one lean on, but also worry about when you have all these other young prospects you've been drafting and developing, and you're still looking for your number one defenseman. So to me, just you already got more than you could have ever asked for out of that Provorov trade. Don't screw it up. Just just take the pick. And then if you want to try to resign him, be my guest. But but you have to understand you're probably not going to get him. And I'm okay with that. I want the pick. I mean he's making 2.65 now. Like, do we want Sean Walker back for more than four million a year? I don't know. But that's the other he's, part of the reason why he's going to go for so much. He's making two point something this year. Yeah. Like he's making nothing. Any team could fit that into their, like you have to strike while the iron's hot. He's playing super well. He's making nothing. So any, you should have a a bidding war for this guy. I don't know how many other defensemen are going to be available, especially with the East being so tight. Like there should really be a plethora of teams knocking on the door for this guy. And I also want to see him get hurt either. You know, like let's trade him before things happen. Uh, yeah. But I say that at the same time, I'm like, I want a bidding war, so I guess you can't trade him right away. But like, what if you sign him and he gets hurt and his play starts to fall off? Or there's too many what ifs down the road where you can just trade him, get a pick, a pretty a first round pick for God's sake. For Sean Walk, come on. Like this is right. this is to me, it's just like, come on. Right. Are we really worried about next year and the year after that that much? Are we really going to do anything in those two years? I really don't think so. Even if Mitch Crawford magically come over sooner, which he's not. I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. There's too much development this team needs to go through and have. Yes, they'll start winning more games. We'll be out of the rebuild more in the learning slash can they make some noise. But even then, the team won't be willing to drop first-round picks on trade deadline acquisitions. They'll be like, ah, oh, we'll pick up some depth, see how they do. They played well. It'll be a bunch of BS. So I want to I wanna cash in for when they're actually ready to go for it. And I don't see Walker in those plans. I, he's just If he was 26 years old, we're having a different conversation, but he's not. It's going to be 30 next year. Well, you could even package up these picks for, I mean, what do the Flyers need? They need a top six center and a top defenseman. And how do you get those things? Right. By you put you, typically you put packages together and those packages usually, usually start with draft picks, you know? So there's just, there's more that you can do. Like, you're not tossing Sean Walker in any kind of a package to go get a top defenseman. You know what I mean? But, you know, team sees that first round pick, you know, maybe you toss in a couple and teams like to, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, I guess. If someone's offering me a first round pick and let's say it's, I don't know, between pick 20 and 30, that pick is still more appealing to me than Sean Walker because I get to do what I want with that pick. I get to pick the player I want. I get to do the studying, the homework, yada, yada, because I think that I can hit on that pick, right? Just picks are more appealing 
they're, they're more appealing to teams that are, are, are getting packages back because um, they control it. They're, there's control, I guess, um, whether it's false hope or whatever, they control the pick. Um, it's theirs to do whatever they want with. So the more picks you have, the more appealing a package looks for a top two defenseman or a top six center, two things the Flyers uh, desperately need. Now, let's get to the result of the poll here, Jack, because it's a little surprising, or maybe it's not. Hmm. So sign or trade Sean Walker. It sounds like we're both on the trade bus here. And before I get to the result, let me just see the comments here real quick. Um, so Antigrazio chimes in. That would be three first-rounders if the Flyers uh, did get a first for Walker. With other moves being made, hard for Danny to have a bad deadline in all honesty. He can do nothing and still opens up cap and has two first-round picks. Uh, and we have one more comment. We do have an Atkinson comment. We'll get back to that in a second, Mr. Twizzler, Twitzer. Uh, this is also from Ant. The thing is you need solid talent to help develop the solid young guys coming. Next two to three years are very important in terms of young guys still developing yeah and that's true um it's just hard to pass up a first round pick for sean walker and i think i think walker was never in the plans when they originally acquired him so i think they'd be okay moving him especially for a first yeah. and they'll figure you'll figure that out you still got sandheim's playing well and we'll see what happens with sealer he's another one i would probably trade see what's going on with the lining um, I feel like you could bring in other guys of Walker's or older veterans, not stall older. You can get guys. You can get guys who are looking to be traded who are veterans. That's like one of the, it's just not a concern compared to what they would be getting. And I think the team knew, I think the team feels that way because they knew they weren't getting any, well, I shouldn't say they knew they didn't expect to get anything when they got Walker. It was, it was a throw in. Yeah. So the fact that you get a, a first round pick out of that, and as Jim said, that's universal currency in the NHL. A first round pick, you can do anything you want with that. Hundred dollar bill, money we'd be concerned. Right. You know, I mean that, that's fantastic. I mean, I can't I just this team. Right. Is if, one, if, I'm one if I'm putting a package together, Jack, for for one of your star players or whatever, and you know, one package includes a first round pick. You know, it's it's a late first, and the other package includes Sean Walker. Which one is more appealing to you? I mean, especially if I'm trading that pick, I probably want the draft pick anyway and not a 29, 30-year-old defenseman. Right. The value of the pick is exponentially better than... Well, think about who you're trading with. If you're trying to move up in a draft, you're trading with bad teams that yeah. probably are young and rebuilding themselves. What are they going to do with a 30-year-old defenseman? I don't know. I'm not hey, sure. Like, you don't have to worry about this stuff when you have draft pick. Yeah, right. Just take the friggin' picks. Now he's going to wind and, up with a team like Toronto or somebody like that. And he value resigns. He'll probably hit free agency and try to cash in. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, we could keep hammering this home, but like it's Sean Walker here. It's, this is not like, uh, I don't know guys. You, I, I just don't get it. And I'm usually the guy that's like, trade the picks, go get a player, you know, mm -hmm. resign this guy. But it just makes too much sense to just, Get whatever you can, even if it's a second and a third, Jack. You know what I mean? Well, there's only one like, player worth that. <laughs> like, take the picks for Sean Walker. You, I mean, sure, if he wants to come back, re-sign him for something under $4 million, That's fine. But there's no way you can hang on to him and, and re-sign him and not get picks back for him. The way that, the, you know, if they say they're rebuilding, 
This is something that they have to do, no matter how much they like the player. You have to do it. Well, I don't think think. Jonesy or Briere took part of your poll, but just out of curiosity, what were the results? Okay, here we go. So uh, sign or trade Sean Walker, a... It was almost split, almost. So out of 712 votes, 54.1% said sign Sean Walker, 45.9% said trade. And then, you know, there was like 30 people in the comments that said, oh, just trade him and re-sign him in the offseason, which never happens. But unless you're Justin Braun. Anyways, but I digress. Um, So the poll started out very lopsided. It was like 70 or 80%. Uh, sign, which, you know, is expected because there's some recency bias. I think I even did it after a game where you know, he jumped up on the play and scored a goal. And even I was like, oh man, like they really might have to make a decision here because he's playing like he he's playing very convincing, like convincingly good that, oh, there might be a debate here. Like, do they sign or trade? Which is why I made the poll. Um, but I was, uh, I was surprised that 54% that said, sign him over trade him. Were you surprised at that, Jack? I wasn't. Uh, when you first put out the poll, I'm like, it was might as well call it the recency bias poll. And a lot of it seems people just don't like watching the Flyers lose, which I commend. It, they're fun. They're exciting. This guy looks good. And, you know, I, I make a big deal about his age, but there's nothing saying that he can't play deep into his you know, thirties, you know, it's not unheard of. I wouldn't build a rebuild a team around it, but it's not unheard of. Uh, people see a good defenseman and they, they want to keep that. I, I, I get it. I just have always viewed this team from an, a managerial perspective, seeing how other teams that have won almost universally across the board have rebuilt in some way, shape or form with stars, talented players. I don't want to re I don't want to rebuild a team and wind up like the St. Louis Blues. Well, Jack, how could you say that? They won the cup. That kind of team winning the cup's pretty rare. And even they still had like a Tarasenko and uh, oh yeah, Petrangelo. You know, like they still had those guys. But like the team overall, like they—they're not typically what you, how you rebuild a team. That took a long time for that team to come together the way it did. And they almost got you there in heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears. Uh, I want to—I want to rebuild a team that, to be honest, is more like how the Penguins were. How Washington is, you know, like you might say, well, Washington only ever won one cup. One, they did win a cup. And two, they won the president's trophy. How many years they won? They were always in the thick of it, always in the, in the playoffs playing and night in night out where we're sitting at home playing with ourselves, you know, like there, I want to be the team that's always in the tournament and we'll figure out step two or phase two or three about how to win in the playoffs. Then once we're there, you know, I want to get there first. And that, those are the teams you can win, not just one, maybe two, maybe, God forbid, three cups and whatnot. You want to always be in the mix, always be pressing. Because if you go all in for lightning in a bottle one year and it doesn't pan out, well, then you're starting all over again. We cannot do that. I'll die. We'll die. We're going to die before that happens. <laughs> Build this thing the right way. We're always talking about the structure, the, the base of, the, of everything. Well, unfortunately, you need draft picks to do that. And if you're not going to finish top bottom five, we're hoping for top 10 at this point, um, then you got to do something. You got to get more draft picks so you can move up and get a, a legitimate player who has a shot at being the number one defenseman on your team or just load up on defensemen and hope that one of them pans out. You has got to do something. You can't just sign Sean Walker and say, well, he'll, 
he'll do this and he'll be there to develop and he'll be nothing more than the second pairing defenseman, but we like him. Like, no, you got to make drastic measures. You have this easy answer staring you in the face on how to help your other issues. Just do it. Yeah. Then I guess we'll see what happens. It's going to be something to watch. Uh, you know, if, if they do resign, if they do sign him, I will be, I'll be a little, a little disappointed. Um, but I, I would have to assume that what that means is nobody met their ask, right? Like that I would assume that means nobody offered up a first round pick or multiple picks. Like if they're not getting a first, I would hope that they're asking for like a second and a third type thing. And if they, if they sign him, I, I would have to assume that they weren't getting what they wanted. So, you know, I would be disappointed that they couldn't get that, but I'd, I'd also be like, all right, well, he's been playing well. Do you know what I mean? Um, where, whereas if they just, if they came out and signed him now, I, I would be pissed. <laughs> like, yeah. Why didn't, why didn't we like wait to the deadline and see who there, needed defense here or something? There's no way. Briere would, it would go against everything Briere said to do something like that at this point. If they ultimately don't move him at the deadline, it's a little different. I'll be, like you said, I'll be very disappointed because that means they're going to resign him. Um, which is, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but I just, I would be checking every insider imaginable to be like, why was he not traded for first? What went wrong? Yep. You know, so, but we'll see. Ultimately, we'll see. I think he does get moved. I really, I don't see why not. And it's just, what would the, what will the price be? It makes, it makes too much sense. Because, uh, I mean, we've said multiple times, LA, capped on for LA. Exactly what the Flyers could have hoped would happen has happened. He turned into something. The change of scenery helped. Whatever it was, he rediscovered you know some old form, or he's got the right mix here. Now, not that they're going to fleece a guy because Walker has been playing well, but if you're ever going to fleece somebody, it's now. Twenty-nine-year-old defenseman, you know, has been hurt in the past, playing very good in a contract year. These are the guys, right side defense. These are the guys that usually go for more than they should at the deadline. Don't miss the opportunity to be that team that gets the one. That's like, holy shit, how did the Flyers get a one for Sean Walker? They have the opportunity to do that. Don't, don't resign him like you did Risto, right? That was a move we've seen in the past where it was like, ah, recoup the first round pick and let's move on. No, they signed him for however long. Risto Linens played pretty decent, but still. I think we'd rather have the cap space right now. Um, so, I, I, you know, I would rather them, if they, if they are doing the rebuild thing, open, you know, open the cap a little bit, trade for some picks and still get good along the way. And, and let's move on. Um, so I'm sure it'll be a topic of debate for the next couple months. Um, we're coming towards the end of the show here. I, I just want to, touch on some some Atkinson things. So there's a couple Atkinson comments, Jack, if that's cool. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Twitzer, real quick, if I was one of the young guys, Atkinson, uh, watching Atkinson be immune to accountability, I'd stop listening to torts. And interesting point. Um, I do have to say this in regards to that. So uh, Atkinson obviously played with Tortorella in Columbus, right? Um, Atkinson and Tortorella are very close. Uh, like, like Atkinson sort of like towards his uh, right-hand man. 
uh, sort of his uh, eyes and ears in the room when when Torts isn't around kind of thing, if you get what I mean. Um, so it would be extremely hard for John Tortorella to bench Cam Atkinson. And I think the players know that as well. Um, so, but I, that's a valid point as well, though. Um, so that's, that's something that they're going to have to watch, you know, something that they're going to have to balance out. Like, um, for me, if, if a guy like Bobby Brink is turning the puck over, it's way easier for me to sit him over Cam Atkinson. It just is. Um, but if, you know, if, if Atkinson's going on, if this is Cam Atkinson now, like, I think you guys are right. I think even Ant said something up earlier. At some point, Torts has to say, "Hey, this 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 can't be for this long." Like he, we need, to, and he said it out in the media too. He needs goals from Atkinson. It's not like he's ignoring what's happening, right? He's he's not 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 even called him out, but he said, "Hey, like Cam's here to score goals. He's not scoring goals. We need goals." He has said that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. What happens? I, I don't expect him to bench him, but uh, you never know. We'll see. A new comment here. Maybe not even a benching, but cut an ice time. Uh, yeah, and that's true. Because he did. Uh, what did Tom, Tom was in the group chat. I think he said Atkinson ended up playing like 17, 18, 19 minutes last he played, night. Jack. He played 19 and a half minutes last night, 18 the mm. night before. He yeah. did go through a stretch where uh, from like the Det first Detroit game to two to the Seattle game. He played no more than 16 minutes and as low as, as 13 and change. Uh, but I mean, then you see him with 19 and a half there. It's like, geez, he's playing defense at that point. Yeah. I, and I wonder if like, you know, they were out of that Edmonton game. So it's like, Hey, let's see if cam can get it going somehow. Or is, he plays, he, he plays PK, right? I'm trying, uh, I mean, I could, I'm not, I'm not going to look it. I'll bring it up next show. We'll talk, we'll talk cam Atkinson again to see if he's getting ice time playing the PK. Because uh, I know Edmonton had a few power plays uh, last night. so, um, But, yeah, and chiming in. He should be getting 12 to 14 minutes right now. Uh, he benched Lawton during a few games. Don't scratch him. But, yeah, some kind of a message for sure. And, and I don't think that he's – he's like I said, I don't think he's ignoring Cam. But uh, it is it is a little different with Cam Atkinson. Uh, that's all I can say, really, you know. Um, he's got a different relationship with, with Killer Cam than he does with a lot of these guys. Um, so not that it's favoritism or whatever you want to call it, but, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a respect thing or maybe it's a little harder for him. Um, I don't know. I'm not John Tortorella, but that's what, that's what it looks like for me. Um, Jack, any, any last things we want to mention before we wrap this baby up? I just want to show you one Christmas gift I got. I think it's pretty cool. It was picked up by my father-in-law. This is a 1971 program. Flyers, Sabres. No way. Andre Lacroix is on the cover. The first thing my parents saw was this American Motors. Like, ah, remember them? I had no idea what they were talking about. But yeah, dude, it's just funny. Look how it's actually for 1971. Pretty good condition, man. Yeah, it looks like the perfect shape. Where do you find that at? I uh, some. I think he was in. Um, oh, geez, it'll come to me. It was like a antique shop. Okay. Um, and like new in Lancaster, somewhere in Lancaster, dude, Bernie Perrant's not on the roster. It must've been when they had traded him to Toronto for a bit. Wow. And, um, yeah, I think their top player was, uh, Gary Dornhofer. Look at that. How about stud. That? Hold on. Let me he was one of my favorites on TV. 
An analyst. First, first, yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, uh, for him and Jim Jackson. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was good. And uh, first ever All Star. There were so much cigarettes and liquor being advertised in this. <laughs> Almost every page. Those were the days. Yeah, but no, I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty rare for sure. Yeah, that's good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Um, all right, boys and girls, one last time, give us a subscribe and a follow. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Set alerts for weekly shows and favorite hoo.be forward slash hockey. Uh, it's a site that has all of our social media links in one place. Or head over to hwhockey.net for all of our latest episodes. Uh, as always, thank you for hanging out. Uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, I was supposed to put a goalie I read in there, and I forgot. I What's up, you beauties? Happy New Year. Welcome to another episode of I'm Wide Radio, episode 15 of season 6. I'm your host, Jim Icavone, joined as always by Jack Smith. If you're watching us live on YouTube for the first time this year, make sure you're subscribed and set an alert for future shows. And while you're listening, uh, or if you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. Uh, Jack, happy new year to you, my friend. Haven't seen you since before Christmas. Happy new year to you, sir. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a bit. And here we are. 2024 yep. still going. Feels like a lifetime with that. I haven't seen you since last year. Ah, you and all my uh, teachers. I had to get that out of the way. <laughs> all right. So a lot has kind of transpired since we've last recorded on, I, th I think it was December 20th. So uh, just about two weeks. We took a week off last week, you know, the holidays and whatnot. And we're back. Uh, obviously, the title of the episode is The Flyers Are Falling Back to Earth. Uh, or are they? So we're going to definitely talk about that. Uh, we have a plethora of topics we want to get into today. Uh, you may, if you're following the World Junior Classic, you know that, that Cutter Gauthier uh, leads the tournament in points. Uh, we'll talk about Cutter Gauthier a little bit. Uh, we want to talk about Emil Andre seemingly knocking on the door right now down in Lehigh. Not yet knocking it down, but he is, you know, knocking on it. He might be ready for a call-up. We'll uh, discuss some Emil Andre later on. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Urson and Hart. And we'll get the results of the Sean Walker poll. And last but not least, maybe Cam Atkinson needs a break. Um, so let's start out with some uh, some positive talk, if you will. And that's Cutter Gauthier. So having a, 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 an exceptional tournament, uh, stats-wise, for uh the Americans in the World Junior Classic. Um, I know these these games are on early in the morning or in the middle of the afternoon, so they can be tough to watch. Um, working from home, kind of have them on in the background and whatnot, or um, I'm lucky enough to be able to watch uh, any player I want, any game I want, any time I want from any league. So I've been watching Cutter uh, on, on this application. Uh, but Jack, have you had an opportunity to watch any of Cutter Gauthier so far in, in this year's World Junior Classic? No, I'm in a situation where I don't work from home. I'm at work. I'm not being able to watch. But I am seeing Twitter blow up about a lot of things. I'm seeing a lot of replays, a lot of back-and-forth discussion, uh, which is very interesting, to say the least. It is. And, uh, you know, 
10 points is 10 points and nine assists is, is nine assists. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you can tell the tone of my voice. It's um, <laughs> so Jim isn't actually working. Shocking. That's Dave. Happy New Year, Dave. Thanks for checking in. And we have Ant DeGrazio also checked in as well, Jack. Chuck's team is still in a playoff spot, Jack. There we're we going to talk right about that. Talk day. Right away. One um, day we're going to talk about all that. And we're going to do a little tally and who's who's player and see what see what our final result is. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be that'd be a fun discussion. Oh, um, I'm ready. So we'll we'll table that and we'll we'll put it on a future show list here. Uh, but Cutter Gautier. Uh, so if you've listened to future, sh- I mean past shows, I mean you kind of have, have heard my critiques, or if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen my critiques of Cutter Gautier. Um, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tell the truth or at least what I perceive to be the truth about Cutter Gauthier. Um, very good offensive player, right? And I, but there are times when he doesn't turn it on all the time or, or he has to turn it on is the thing. And when, when, when I think top five pick, I'm assuming this guy's always turned on. I'm thinking he's always, you know, he's always given a hundred percent defensively, you know, in the neutral zone, face-offs, offensively, I'm, I'm thinking he's doing it all, especially if he's trying to transition to the center position when he one day plays in the NHL, right? Like playing both sides of the ice is a pretty big responsibility for the center position. Watching Cutter at BC, um, he doesn't, it's it's not always turned on. He turns it on when he wants, and it's usually when his team has the puck or when he has the puck. Not a knock, because he's a 19-year-old kid, a lot of room to grow. But I would catch a lot of flack for that, right, Jack? You know, in the group chat, uh, or even voicing my opinion on 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 the Bird app or whatever it's called now, X. You know, so there are some people out there who are staunch defenders of Cutter Gautier. They don't want to hear any negative stuff about him. You know, they'll use, oh, he's just a kid. He's 19. All right, well, he's playing against other 19-year-olds, so I'm not sure what that argument's about. But now people are getting to watch him live. They're getting to watch him in the winter, I'm sorry, in the World Junior Classic against, you know, other top talent. And right now the U- United States are just steamrolling through teams. So I don't think we're we're seeing the true test uh, uh, the true test of Cutter Gautier yet, right? 10 assists or I'm sorry, 10 points against teams that they're blowing out 7 to 2, 8 to 2, 10 to 1. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you, well, it's not so much that the competition is less than college, but that his team is just so stacked. The United States are the favorite to win. Uh, he's playing on a, he was playing on a line with Jimmy Snuggerud and Rucker McGroarty. I, I believe that line was broken up for the last game or two. Um, but I think what people are seeing now is what I've been saying that there are a lot of aspects of Gautier's game that he needs to, to work on or shore up if he's going to be an everyday player in the NHL next season. Cause I think that's what people are expecting, right, Jack? Uh, yeah, I think he is too, to be honest with you. Um, I can't, you just can't <laughs> the day and age we live in. You just can't say anything. Even if you physically see it with your eyes, it's like you said, it's not a knock, but the fact that you would even dare to knock is what the issue is. He's he's 19. He's a kid. He's got if he's not making mistakes, that's like something's wrong. You know, what I mean, I, I almost expect it at this point. 
Uh, an effort thing is something that kind of can be irritating. And you kind of think about how we skipped dev camp and, you mm. know, that so thing can going to bring that up. Well, it, like, to me, it could, it could, it could go hand in hand. I um, agree. But, but ultimately, you know, with the team smoking teams, you can't complain too much, but at the same time, we can only watch what's put in front of us. It's not like we're seeing them play every day, like with the flyers or something like that. So you could go by what you see. And if you, sure. you lie because you like somebody, you're only doing a disservice to yourself, you know? So I would rather get the, as much as I like certain prospects, the bare bones, what's happening over pulling the wool over my eyes and telling me all is dandy when it's not. So I, I'm not even saying the sky is falling or anything. I want the truth. No. I want to know. And I'm ultimately at the end of the day, the teams know what they have and what the issues are. And I think we're seeing that with the current players on the team, the young players on the team with the coaching staff and whatnot. So I'm not worried in any respect, but as far as Jim getting a hard time online, it is kind of silly. It's like, it's not, he didn't make this up. Like here's no, the play you, right you're here. Watching you know? it. Yeah, sure. And, and And that's the thing. Like, so I was, I was having a discussion with somebody and it made me laugh because in the very next game, I think they, they ended up winning like eight. I'm sorry. It, this was the game that went to overtime or something. They ended up winning four, three and uh, two of the goals that the United States gave up. I don't want to directly contribute them to Gautier, but you could see the lack of effort on the goals. Right. And it's like, okay, here it is. This is what I've been trying to show for the last however many weeks, you know? Um, and so I guess where I'm coming from is when I, what I'm expecting from a top five pick is just more. When I watch Gote, I'm just left wanting more, you know, and I'm not sure that we, sh that I should be thinking that way about a top five pick. Does that make sense? Like when I watch some of these other guys, I'm like, Oh, this guy's got it. Like he's, he's, this is a complete player. He's going to steamroll. He's going to have no problem walking in day one, playing on an NHL roster. When I watch Gautier, I'm like, okay, there are some aspects to his game that are very, very good right now. But there are a lot of, you know, there are some aspects where it's like, ooh, he's got to really, someone's got to, someone's got to be telling him like, hey, you need to give the same effort in the D zone that you give when the puck's going the other way. Like, you can't just fly by guys or skate, skate by, you know, when, when, you know, along the boards, when... Uh, your teammates in a board battle, you can't just float by that. Or prime example the other night, both the defenders on Team USA made the mistake going behind the net for the for the puck, which left uh, an offense an offensive player wide open in the slot. Goche was coming back, but didn't make a single stride since entering the D zone. So it's like he was doing what he was supposed to do, but not – I don't know how else to say, just – the effort wasn't there to be there before the potential pass came, you know? Um, so it's, it's little things like that, that irritate, excuse me, irritate the shit out of me. It's like, like Morgan Frost will do shit that bugs me. And Bobby Brink did something last night that bothered the hell out of me. Um, you know, a behind the back uh, spin pass in the offensive zone while you're on the power play takes the puck out of the zone. Just shit like that irritates me. And uh, you know, I, I want to see these young kids with, good habits when they come up. I don't want to see them learning good habits in the NHL. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. Um, that might happen with Gautier just based on his talent level and what this team's plans are. 
-hmm. But I understand. I understand you described a complete player. You want a complete player. And when this guy is supposed to be highly touted and probably more highly touted than we, I think we look at him than the rest of the league, but there's those offensive numbers are awfully flashy. So naturally you're going to do that. Uh, you want him to be a complete player. And on top of being a complete player, it's one thing to see a guy hustle and not come out with a puck or come up short. It's another thing to see that there's not a lack of, of effort there. And that, that can irritate and that could lead to like, I think, you know, these goals are nice, but they're not going to come as easy in the NHL. And you're going to have to, you're going to have, if you want to play your game, you're going to have to play the coach's way first. And guess what that entails, you know, so things of that nature. So that I understand. And he's almost got, I know what player you're referring to coming back. Cause it was on Twitter a couple of times, X, whatever. And it's almost like he's waiting to just be able to turn back around and take off the other way, like a Russian player, like as fast as possible, which, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I just hope when the time, you just hope when the time comes to really grind down and play the game the right way, he just does. And yeah. there's a lot of players that just in juniors and whatnot, they, they're a little slow to that. So I, I'm not, neither are you, I'm sure, or at the point where we're like, oh, we have an issue here. Nobody's saying that, but you, there's nothing wrong with pointing it out either. As you, stated earlier they're smoking teams it's not like they're you know beating canada in their prime by the way they've been eliminated if i'm correct a a poor bounce off of bonk stick believe it or not uh but like normally canada's running the show here and the usa's playing catch up and the close games with teams of that nature if they're blowing everybody out then these not what was it nine assists whatever like that's not exactly as impressive but then again maybe he's also one of the reasons they're blowing teams out too so I, I just I take everything for with a grain of salt. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go crazy. But at the same time, it's not like you're false reporting. You know, like this is right. this is a thing, and this is a tournament. This isn't like exhibition. You know, this is like a legitimate tournament. These players look for just being invited to like Team Canada was like a big deal for certain players. You know, to any team really, but like Canada because of their prestige and whatnot. And now USA. So I don't I don't blame you at all. I prefer you call it how it is. We'll ultimately see what happens. This next offseason is going to be very interesting in that regard. And if he does have this issue, well, we have a guy in place to hopefully get that out of his system. Good stuff. Uh, very true. And that, that's all I'm trying to do is just stay. This is what I'm seeing, you know, because uh, right now we're all seeing points. Um, and uh, people might not like this either, but at least half those assists, I mean, they weren't, they weren't primary assists. So we're calling – there's people on like prominent people again, like, you know, hopefully, you know, nothing happens like last time, but prominent people are calling Cutter Gauthier a playmaker or oh, whoever questioned uh, his playmaking ability. Half of those are not primary assists. They're like want to face off, you know, puck ping ponged around, ends up on a guy's stick and he passes it over to somebody for a snipe. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, they're like not, they're not all. Yeah. So he's getting like playmaking accolades for, you know, winning a face-off and a puck, you know, bumper card to somebody else who got the primary assist kind of deal. And he's on a line with two finishers, right? So if they're picking up loose pucks, they're they're ripping them. So I, I'm just not feeding into the Cutter Gauthier as a playmaker uh, hype, right? And I think it's maybe a disservice a little bit. It's deceiving, in my opinion. Um, good. And again, it sounds like I'm, I'm crapping on the kid, but... You know, with prospects, I think people want to be excited, so they get excited over nothing, right? Um, again, they've been steamrolling bad teams, so nine assists is great. Half of those, I don't think, are primary assists, but 
you know, if you want to juice up the playmaker thing for Cutter Gauthier, be my guest. I'm, I'm not going to tell you to not. So that's all. Um, let's move on a little bit here, Jack. Um, so here's a, another uh, prospect here, Flyers prospect. Uh, was a dark horse, at least for me, to make the Flyers out of camp this year. Uh, got in four games beginning of the year. Uh, former second-round pick in 2020, Emil Andre. Um, he's playing very well in Lehigh. Uh, currently has 15 points in 22 games. Quarterbacking their PP1. Just give me a second, and I'll get his power play numbers up here. Um, but this is a guy I think I project to be the Flyers' future power play quarterback. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting time right now with the Flyers because their power play just can't get it going. And, you know, at what point in the season do we see things kind of shaken up a little bit? Um, are they going to wait to the trade deadline to start calling guys up? Um, so hang on, I have the numbers here for you. So Andre has three goals, 12 assists. Two of those goals came via the power play. And it doesn't have the shorthanded, I'm sorry, the power play assists on here. So I'll have to look those numbers up. But uh, Emil Andre, a, a player that we were both very high on heading into uh, preseason, ended up making the Flyers. It was a guy we didn't think would stick around once uh, Zamula uh, got going. And, uh, yeah, he seems to be, you know, at least knocking on the door, Jack, uh, uh, of, of, you know, forcing the Flyers' hand uh, sooner or later. I mean, so you're out on York, or is he just going to play over York down the road? Yeah, he's gonna. I I think he really is gonna play over York. Not that York is bad, but when when you watch Andre play, um, everything's under control. He's so concise. Um, he's very deliberate. Uh, it, it's like he he knows what his role and responsibility is, and he's he's good at it. You know, he's he can get pucks to goal. Uh, he can facilitate, which I think is very important, especially with the Flyers roster today. Uh, they got a lot of guys that can shoot the puck, especially on the power play. So you you, you kind of need uh, when I watch him play the power play, he reminds me of a point guard in uh, basketball. You know, because he takes space when space is there, um, and when it's not there, he he knows where he's going with the puck right away. Um, he's a good facilitator and get pucks to goal. I mean, that's in my opinion, it's what you want from a a quarterback, a power play quarterback, point guard, whatever. Um, and, and it wouldn't be a bad thing, you know, to have York as an option as well. Maybe they both play the power play uh, uh, one um, or one plays power play two, either way. Um, but he's, he's certainly knocking Emil Andre. That's pretty big, second round pick, you know. That's exactly what you want to hear. Uh, I know you're really big on getting pucks to net too, so that's always wonderful. He was a, I mean, we've liked this guy since he was drafted, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, he there He's obviously coming over from, is, is it Sweden? I always forget. Um, yeah, Sweden. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a little bit of a, you know, getting used to everything kind of time period and whatnot. And I know the flyers really wanted to see what they had in them. They really made the beginning of the season. They made him available a lot and eventually he had to get sent down, but that happens. It's how you respond and he's responding exactly how you would like, and he's doing everything you want to see. It's just another, another guy to add to this rebuilt that is just not expected because again talk about second round picks and this team has been you know starting to turn into something potentially uh and he's just right up there is at the top of the list they need more defensemen they need more offensive defensemen um and and maybe they might not if he pans out like the way he could so uh, it's just just more i don't want to say embarrassment of riches because we got a ways to go but definitely something you want to see definitely i would love to see him 
I don't want to pray for an injury, but if something were to happen, I would love to see him back up here in a heartbeat. See him do it at the NHL level, get more, more with playing with confidence. When you're starting the season out, that's one thing. When you're actually playing with confidence, you're doing like Forrester last year when he came up, kind of like come in midseason while you're playing well and just see if you can translate that on the NHL squad. So that I'd rather see that than whatever you want to call the beginning of the year. Yeah, good points. And, uh, you know, I think the time is going to come sooner or later, especially if the Flyers continue uh, the trend that they're on. And let's kind of get into this a little bit. Obviously, the title of the episode are the Flyers coming back down to earth. Uh, they've hit the skids uh, in their last six games. They are 1-3-2. and two. Uh, They just wrapped up their West Coast, uh, Western Canadian trip. They went 1-2-1. and one. Started out pretty good. Got a nice win over Vancouver. They swept them this year. Best team in the league. They take two games from them. Um, and then they take a point. Uh, who'd they get the point from? Was it Seattle? Yeah, that was the overtime game. And they looked, they looked a little flat. So, you know, we, we heard the entire trip, the flyers were sick, you know, five hour flight. And I think the sick thing definitely comes into play. Um, however, you know, you're out there for, you know, a week, a little over a week. I think the five hour thing eventually wears off. Um, they looked, they looked tired, you know, they looked ready to come home. I think during that Seattle game, they just couldn't, they couldn't get it, get it going. Um, we saw against Edmonton last night, uh, McDavid was doing McDavid things and, uh, you yeah, know, they give them credit. They played the, they, they, you could see that they were trying, you know, even when they looked not great, you could see that they were trying, but I, I, I tend to believe I'm, I'm buying into, you know, something's going around the room. They're sick. They're tired. They're beat. Um, I had an insider today, if you're listening to the show, uh, he, he actually, I forget what he does out there. He does something for the, the, the commercial planes, commercial flights. And he said, he usually gets the flyers when they go out there. Um, wasn't able to get on the plane, but I got inside information. He said, the flyers look tired. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's uh, maybe they're all getting over whatever they're getting over out there. And uh, I, I'll give them a break, you know, one, two and one, Western uh, Canadian trip. You take a win from Vancouver. You take a point from Seattle, who beat up on Vegas during the Winter yeah. Classic, by the way. Um, so maybe they're starting to get it together. And then they drop, unfortunately, two straight. Uh, one to Calgary, uh, one to Edmonton. And they'll see Calgary on Saturday. But, um, Jack, are you – so you, you tend to stay a little bit more even-keeled than I do. I think it was Dan Silver who said I sensationalize a little bit, which is true. And, you know, after the Flyers beat the Avalanche a couple weeks ago, I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy in here. The Flyers are good. And now, you know, they, they come off a tough road trip. I'm still not off of that. The Flyers are good, but where are you, where's your head at with all this? I mean, the, the last two, three games, they haven't looked great. Is, is this the real Flyers or are they just going through it a little bit? Um, I think they're just going through it a little bit. You spoke about the West Coast trip, tired legs, sick. Uh, that cracking game was the next night, so now you're on a back-to-back. Uh, the I would the only game I was felt a little disappointed in was the Cal- the Calgary game. That's a team I think they're better than. I think they should have beaten. Uh, they felt like they were trailing the whole game. It just it just didn't happen, and it is what it is. Uh, can't give them too much too much flack about Edmonton. That was the McDavid game. It's almost like he had. 
the game circled from their, their loss back in October. They fired their coach out there. And I think since they fired their coach, they played like 21 or two games and they have like 16 wins. So that team is really turning things around. Um, McDavid, I believe had four primary assists. So non Gautier assists, sorry. <laughs> uh, and a goal. And uh, he's just ridiculous. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I, that's why those guys come around only so often. He, he beat them. It is what it is. Um, and you can make excuses for all games. I don't want to do that. I'll be honest with you. When they beat the Canucks, I was like jaw dropped. I was like, I cannot believe they keep winning. But like, if I look back, you know, they, since they beat the devils and the red wings, they lost the predators, lost the red wings, went on the Christmas vacation, came back, beat the Canucks, which was great. Then they lose the Kraken, flames, Oilers. This happens. Now, if they were to lose to the Blue Jackets and Flames in the next two games, I'd be a little like, okay, something's going on here maybe. But uh, even then, I, I need more than that because they're approached rapidly. Like I'm talking about, geez, how many games have they played at this point? Um, sorry, standings always takes me a bit. So there are four games away from playing half the season. So half the season versus a four or five game stretch. I'm going to lean with half the season now. So I'm not there yet. They've never historically done good on West coast trips every once in a while. They have an anomaly. Um, so once they come back home, you know, the play, I think they have four straight home games. We'll see how they do that. Blue jackets, flames, penguins, and Canadians. I see them at least two and two out of that. Uh, yeah, I, I would hope so. So a big game you mentioned tomorrow night. Columbus and then the, you know, the rematch Saturday against Calgary tomorrow night's a chance for them to get back on track a bit. I was watching the post game last night and Al Morgani, uh, former guest of the show had mentioned, you know, this is January is where things kind of get like boom, boom, boom here. Right. So, you know, you don't really want to go into January in a funk because now they have a game every other night. Right, it's like every every Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday kind of thing. Maybe you have a Saturday Sunday game on the weekend. You know, you don't want to go into this, you know, and kind of snowball here, which is, you know, what could happen essentially if they don't get on track tomorrow night against Columbus. Columbus, obviously, everybody knows the worst team in the division, twelve, nineteen, and eight on the season, where the Flyers are currently nineteen, thirteen, and five. So not terrible from the Flyers. I do want to mention though. Um, that because we were, we were talking about this a month or so ago, not that we weren't fully on board with anything, but you know, the flyers were sitting in second place for a few weeks, you know, on and off with New York. And we had mentioned that teams like Carolina, uh, the Islanders, Washington, New Jersey, uh, even Pittsburgh, some of these teams had games in hand and, you know, they hadn't really figured it out yet. The Metro's not as strong as it has been kind of thing. Uh, well, Carolina's won four straight. Uh, the Islanders are kind of islandering, right? 17, 10, and 10. Like, what the hell are they? And uh, the Capitals still two games in hand, 42 points, where the Flyers are at 43. Um, and, and New Jersey kind of floundering around a little bit. Only played 35 games. They have 40 points. So if they win their two games in hand, they, they pass the Flyers as well. So the Flyers are now running into a rough spot in their schedule or season, you know, going one, three, and two in their last six, which – this it was bound to happen. They were going to run into a rough spot, right? Because while they're playing very good, they're just our teams that are just better than them, right? And I think we're starting to see that play out a little bit, Jack. Uh, like, uh, like for example, like the Calgary game. 
Do we expect them to beat the Calgary Flames? Of course. Are they always going to win the games we expect them to win right now? No. It's just how it's going to be. They lost to the San Jose Sharks. We all thought they were going to beat them, right? Um, They're just, they're not there yet, right? This is a team that can't afford to lose those games, and they're going to. They're going to lose some of those games. They're just not there. So currently they're fourth. Carolina's passed them. New York is a point in front of them. Uh, Capitals right behind them. Uh, I would expect the Capitals to eventually pass them. All of a sudden, Flyers are in fifth. Uh, New Jersey, uh, you know, I'm not sure what New Jersey's going to do. They're, uh, like I said, two games in hand, three points back. I would expect New Jersey to pass them eventually. We'll see if Pittsburgh does. So it's it's this is what I'm trying to say. The Flyers are going to fall in the standings, and it's not going to be because they're not good. I don't know how to how else to say it. There's just teams that are more complete, just better right now, you know. Which I think if you're rooting for the Flyers to get a better draft pick, and and, and like I guess tank and improve, or yeah, I guess tank and improve at the same time. I think they're going to do that is how I see this season playing out They're They might just run out of steam, you know, and, and teams like Washington, New Jersey, Pittsburgh eventually find their footing and just pass them, you know? Well, that's, that's what I'm that's looking what at I'm, here. Hey, yeah. I'm looking at the, the wild card race. The flyers currently hold the first wild card. And to me, it goes all the way down until Detroit. They're all considered playoff bubble teams. I mean, yeah. really, and I and these are only separated. Detroit and Montreal are only separated by three points, and Montreal has a game in hand. But like Montreal, Buffalo, Columbus, and Ottawa, those are the four teams I don't consider playoff bubble teams. And they're really, like Montreal is not even that far out of it. Off, they are thirty-seven points. I don't expect them to catch up. My point is, this is how tight everything is. I mean, there are three different teams with forty points. New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Detroit, then Tampa with 41. They're all not making the playoffs if it ends today. That's unheard of. Like three of those teams should make the playoffs, and that's easily bumps Philly out of it. So the entire Eastern Conference is a playoff bubble team. Um, And I can even see Ottawa. I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs, but if they start changing things, they fired their GM, their coach, they start playing better again, which typically happens when you do that. They'll just be harder outs for – a team like the Flyers trying to pick up wins against teams that aren't as talented as these other guys. And, you know, Pittsburgh's got a lot riding on this year. I expect Tampa to pull it together. And remember, Vasilevsky missed October, November, most of December before he came back. Uh, I might be wrong about December. I cannot remember exactly when he came back, but he missed a substantial time compared about where we are now. Um, you know, teams, like you said, they figure things out. They make moves. And yeah, I see everybody. I, I can't explain the Islanders, but everybody else, they look like, like the playoffs look like they did last year. Essentially, you just got to get teams like New Jersey and Pittsburgh and Tampa in there, and they're all knocking on the door. And they all got games in hand, except for Tampa. Everybody's got games in hand. Flyers have played some of the most games in the in the league, and um, I want to see them continue to play well. But ultimately. It, it, I don't expect them to go on a big losing streak or anything, but over time, when we're talking about this in the beginning of February, I could see the Flyers in the spot that the Devils are in now on the outside looking in, but definitely still in the race. So, which is not still not where we had them at the beginning of the year, but a lot has happened that we did not expect for uh, for uh, and I'm not just talking about development for this team to be where it is. 
So, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we've been saying this every time we checked in on the standings, and it might not be happening overnight, but it is happening. Yeah. Yeah, throughout the course of the year, things will, things will even out, right? Uh, the cream usually rises, and the Flyers are not that yet. Um, they'll they'll be able to play with anybody, you know, throughout the course of the year. But I mean, we're we're talking about teams like the Capitals, the Lightning, the Devils, the Penguins, all directly behind the Flyers and Detroit. I'm not sure if I trust Detroit yet, right? Like they can they can be entertaining, but they can't keep the puck out of their net. Uh, and then of course you have teams like the Canadians, the Blue Jackets, and two teams that are surprisingly bad this year in Buffalo and and Ottawa, which Ottawa's Last in the Eastern Conference, Jack, 14 and 19 with 28 points. Can you believe that? They have, yeah. I mean, they had the fact they have less points than Columbus is, although they've only played 33 games, Columbus has played 39. But yeah, yeah it, it's still there. They were a team supposed to be loading up to go for it. And, you know, yeah. they got Giroux, they got draft picks coming through that I thought were looking good, like, like Sanderson. And um, they traded for Chickering last year. And, Yep. You know, they, they got all sorts of guys and it's, I don't know. It is. That's hockey's funny like that. It really is. Look at our team. We're like the exact opposite. Nah, it is weird. So I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, let's say the flyers do end up, you know, getting past a little bit here. I, I don't, I'm not sure unless Buffalo somehow figures it out and you know, Ottawa goes on a tear. I don't think they finish any worse than fifth in their own conference, right? Montreal, Buffalo, Columbus, Ottawa, um, check out the west real quick uh the west i think is pretty pretty uh there's a lot of parity in the west actually you know what there's not i think i think i read earlier today there's like six teams that are already like booked for the playoffs we got some points out there i mean colorado's doing colorado things the the winnipeg was very is obviously very surprising uh vancouver surprising but you know vegas the kings Dallas, uh, Nashville's hung around there. I think people ever thought they were going to start to fall off and they really haven't. They, they've mm-hmm. been a pretty steady playoff team. Arizona's in the playoffs. If it ends today, but I expect Edmonton to take that spot back. Uh, Seattle could get things going. St. Louis Seattle five in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And Hacksaw is hmm. the greatest coach of all time. I'm surprised it wasn't 10 in a row. 15. There you go. Uh, uh, St. Louis, we know how things have gone there. Craig Ruby fired. Calgary, things have been real rough there. They're breaking down their contracts. I'm starting Blake Coleman more than I am Huberto. Like it's just, oh it's rough. Um, yeah, Minnesota has not had the season they, I guess, expected. Uh, yeah, Anaheim and Anaheim had a little bit of a, a start to the season, but they've been ultimately Anaheim, and then you got Chicago and San Jose. So um, it's it's tailed. yes. Uh, it's about what we expect with a couple of surprises, but they definitely look like the more talented teams. Um, I don't see much changing, maybe a few things, but it's not like the East where, like, a, you if you had, like, a, seriously, if the Flyers were to have a 10-game losing streak, have it be a part of, like, their last couple of games, like, they would drop until, to, like, Montreal spot. <laughs> like, that's insane. I would go from a, the number one wild card to bottom five or four. In the East. That's insane. I guess what I'm kind of getting at is here. I think a top 10 pick is still within reach. <laughs> In fact, I'll say, I'll say it right now, January 3rd, 2024 flyers will be picking top 10 in the 2024 NHL draft. 
That's what I think is going to happen. That would be awesome because they did a lot of good development this year with these young guys. So that'd be great. Yeah. yeah you know, it's, um, it's a long season. They played very good for, you know, the unofficial first half of it, or it's not even the unofficial first half, but um, not that I don't think they can hang on, but I think they're going to get past. They're just not, they're not there yet. So I don't want to, I don't want to dwell too much on it because they've been very good up to this point. It's not that I don't think that they're good. It's just, you know, to do what they're doing for a full 82 games and not run out of steam. Like sometimes you need skill to take over or like your goalies to, you know, win you some games. Um, and, and right now I think maybe um, they rely too much on the goalie, um, their style of hockey. I'm not sure that can keep up. Um, so, you know, add some skill, uh, get the defense in order. And next year's the year. They make a playoff push. Um, I did want to touch on the goalies for just a second. Because um, before the Flyers went on their little skid, I, I posed a question, and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit because obviously there are better goalie tandems. But right now, do the Flyers have one of the best goalie tandems in the league, Jack, between Carter Hart and Sam Erson? Like, with either one in goal, you feel pretty confident, don't you? Oh, I do now. I was a little unsure with Erson. Um, Hart, if he ever get got into a game where he gets shelled right off the bat and gives up like two goals, he can fall into a giving up bad goals lull. But I haven't seen a lot of that this year. And ursan has been phenomenal. He's got, how many shutouts does he have this year? My God. I mean, that one, nothing shutout against Detroit was great. Like, I mean, you really had to go the distance with that shutout. You weren't nursing it. If you gave it up, it's the, you know, you still win the game. No, the game's tied. You're in overtime. Like he really, that was an impressive shutout. Um, I don't even I don't know if I want to say the defense in front of them has been significantly improved. I know a lot of players have. Um, but yeah, they have. And that has something to do with it. But I've seen the saves. Like I there was there's games where they've kept them in the game single even games they've lost, they've kept them in the game single handedly. They played very well. I for to find a, a tandem that's better than that, there's a couple out there, but there's not many, and they're definitely not as nobody's as young. And that's my favorite part about it is the youth that they have. Especially Urson, my God, just got yeah. here. And so Urson does have two shutouts. Carter Hart has one, and I believe they had three shutouts between them all of last year. Um, so significant improvement. Carter Hart's goals against average is uh, down almost thirty points from last year, and his save percentage is up uh, about five points from last year. Uh, and Urson's, I think, are is very similar. Let me go go back and look that up for you guys here. Um, so, yeah, his, his save percentage from last year is down uh, almost a half a point, 3.07 in 12 games last year, and it's down to 2.54 this year. And his save percentage is up three points this year uh, from 899 last year. So, I mean, you, we, we talk about this a lot, but growing up, like, um, you know, it was kind of just put whoever in goal, you know, just patch things up, you know, throw this guy in and, and find a backup. And uh, I'm thinking guys like Intero Nidamaki come to mind, um, who it was, you know, pretty good in, in for what he did. Um, you know, a lot of people love Steve Mason. Uh, who they, who they, did they trade for Steve Mason? Yeah. Once they traded Bob, they traded for Steve Mason. Yeah. Okay. And, and Bob's another one. It's like, you know, let's see what we got in this guy. Let's see what we got in that guy. Whereas now it's, these are two homegrown guys, both good. Uh, Hart obviously, uh, was his Hart was a second round pick, not a first, right? Correct. And Sam Erson, the fifth round pick. And I felt like we, we were talking about Sam Erson for 
the longest time. I mean, probably since we started our show, Jack, he was drafted in 2018. You know, we heard about this Swede, uh, you know, who could play goal and I uh, was tearing it up in the, the Swedish league. Uh, came over with for the Phantoms in 2021, 2022, played a handful of games. And uh, the next thing you know, he's up with the Flyers. And, uh, you know, what I could say is Torts loves this guy. How much so? I think we'll find out, um, you know, probably by the summer. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying there are some games this year where you expect Hart to play and whether Hart is, is sick or not. And, you know, we can speculate on, on what's going on there. But Urson started 16 games this year. Hart started 21. That's wow. almost an even split. Yeah. You know, so just something to keep an eye on, I think. Um, okay, let's move on a bit here. Uh, so we touched on uh, the Flyers hitting the skids. Um, there, maybe there are some benefits to them hitting the skids. You know, it's that's what I mean, Jack. Like, it's I can't get upset watching them this year because if they do well, all right, great. Maybe we're talking playoffs. And if they don't do well, all right, great. Top 10 pick, right? So it's like, hey, what's everyone getting angry for? Just enjoy the game um, while you can. Because once they get good, now you have expectations. And when they lose, you know, it ruins your whole night. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So before we get to our Sean Walker poll, because uh, I have to look it up real quick, I want to talk about Cam Atkinson, Jack, and, and what's going on there? Like, I think I went to a game in at the end of November, and you could clearly see Cam Atkinson was a step behind. I'm not sure if he was fighting off an injury. Maybe he was sick. I don't know, but he was uh, at least a step or two behind every play. Where you would expect the guy to be somewhere or be in a position, he'd look over and he'd be on his way still. You know what I mean? Um, So there was something up a month ago, and now I think maybe for the last few weeks, people are starting to you know get a little tired of it because you know he's got a little leeway. He's a vet, really nice guy, you know, goal scorer. And I think people are, you know, if the Flyers are going to sit somebody, Atkinson's maybe the guy. What's going on with Cam Atkinson, Jack? I don't think he can hurt. I mean, I just see a guy who does look like he's a uh, step, step or two behind in most plays. And when he does get an opportunity lately, it seems that he either just stick handles too much, like a breakaway where it looks like he tried to go five hole. And if he maybe let it released earlier, he could have gotten it, but then had one more little stick handle, just pressing, just pressing too much. He's not scored a goal since November 11th. So we're coming up on almost two months since he scored a goal. Um, if any, if, I don't think a sit would hurt. You know, he's a, he's a vet. He's older. He went through some significant injury history in the past, like the recent past. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. He's a good guy. He, could, he strikes me as a guy who could sit and still be like positive to the team. Um, it's just not, it's not working for him there. I know he's one of towards his guys, but come on the eye test here. The, the, the eye test matches every other test you have. Like it's, you want to get some of these young guys in for a game here, there, yeah, absolutely should sit and maybe he'll recharge the batteries or something and, or figure something out, but it's not looking pretty right now. It's really not. He's taking penalties minus player occasionally gets an assist and that's about all you get out of him. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because you know, he is a good guy, but something that you said there was close with torts, 
you know, and we're all thinking, okay, well, you know, if, if a guy's, you know, struggling and not playing great out there, Torts is not afraid to sit. But we know that he's he's different with vets or or certain vets, whereas a guy like Stahl, who you expect to be rotated, he'll rotate. Um, but a player like Cam Atkinson, it'd be a little embarrassing to sit a guy like Cam Atkinson if you're Cam Atkinson. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to lie, I do like that respect type thing with Torts. Um, but I think he could u- maybe use a game, you know, like, Hey Cam, like maybe, you know, sit in the press box for a little bit, get your legs back. Cause he's, he's struggling out there you know, And it's, it's showing up in his decision-making now too, right? Cause once the body's tired, the mind follows and yeah, if you're in your own head, that's trouble. Yeah. And, and so we're starting to see that just give him a break, you know, to fly, get one of these other guys in there. Uh, some time. Call, call it a maintenance day. You know, hey, the maintenance day. That's so, all. You got these young guys. You want, I want to see like a Lexell play or something. I don't want to see Rick yeah. Gardner in there. I, mm-hmm. I want to see get Lexell or a, or a Tamala. Oh, that'd be fun. I wonder I, if you see that when they come back. Well, I don't know. That'd, that'd be cool though. He definitely he earned the, it. He was at the Sixers game tonight. Tamala? Yeah. Or when, really? when did they play last night? Was it tonight or last yeah, they night? Yeah, I think they played the Bulls last night, didn't they? Yeah, whenever it was, he was at the game, so he's in Philly. So maybe something to keep an eye on there because, they, you know, the, when they brought out Gardner, we said right away, well, it's just to have an extra body. Like, God forbid something happens. Everybody's sick out there. Doubt he gets in a game. Now that they're home, I would expect them to send Gardner down, and maybe they do call up a guy like uh, Tuamala. Um, quick note, they they did send uh, Alexei Gendron down to his – uh, QM, QMJHL team. <laughs> I had to Got think it. about that before I said yeah. Um, so he's back in the QMJHL. Uh, they said they wanna, uh, they want him playing every night instead of getting into a rotation with the Phantoms. I believe he was playing fourth line minutes, and he's not a fourth line guy. He needs to be playing middle six minutes. And he's a shooter, sniper, scorer. Um, Flyers have a lot of these guys now, but uh, so quick note there. Um, but yeah. I wonder now that they're going to be back in Philly and they'll be here for, I think, the next four or five games. I just wonder if, you know, if they do sit Atkinson or maybe it's maybe it's even Brink because that, like I said, that that power play pass that came out of the zone, the behind-the-back power play uh, pass, uh, maybe that deserves a game. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, something to keep an eye on there because Tumal is playing very well with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. <clears throat> All right, we'll move on to – let's get to our Sean Walker poll, Jack. So I think last show we had a good Sean Walker discussion, whether they should trade him or sign him. And there is no in-between because what a lot of people want right, is, oh, they should trade him, and then if he really likes it here, they should sign him back. Jack, how many times does that happen? Like that almost never happens. It's funny because it's pretty rare, and even when it's talked about, it still like doesn't happen. I remember Patrick Maroon was going to do it with Edmonton in like Connor McDavid's like first or second year. They traded him, and you're just waiting for the resign, waiting, waiting, waiting. Boom, he signs like in Tampa or something. It was like what happened? Like that was like a solid in snow, and it wasn't even the team. I thought he got traded to the Blues, or like it wasn't even the team he was traded to, which is even stranger. Like you had a handshake agreement in place. It is pretty rare. I don't know what things happened, but we also aren't behind the scenes. But um, yeah, it's pretty rare. And, and for a guy like um, 
Walker, how often is he going to hit free agency again with this kind of season under his belt to walk to free agency? I um, He's probably going to cash in. I would. He'll be 29 years old next year. You know, or is he 29 now? I can't remember. I think he just turned 29, if I'm correct. I believe he is 29. 29 November, I believe he is. And there's a reason I know what month is he was born. Um, yeah, so he'll be going into his 30th year next year. He's going to want a contract, you know, at least four years plus money. So I don't see that happening. It's still an option. They should still have the wiggle room to make something happen or be in the ballpark. But if I'm trading him, re-signing him is only it's just extra i i want the picks because this team is in a position where they should want picks and he is free money free gold and you should use that to get said picks especially if what's being discussed well if only i'll say if only is what's being dangled can actually be attained in that of a first round pick from a team yeah and supposedly that's the ask like that's the price that starts with the one well, that's and to me, it doesn't matter where you get it. Like, no, I don't. Even. For example, like if, especially if a team like Toronto or Edmonton calls for it, um, you know, Edmonton maybe makes the seventh or eighth seed kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they get bounced first. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where the pick falls, right? Because all it, it's like Sean Walker's. You mentioned he's going to be thirty. He's having a career year in a contract year like this is what players do they have their best year in their contract year and almost always come back like they regress the next season it's not that they get worse it's that they got the contract <laughs> right god bless Thank you. and uh it's not that i don't like sean walker like when they traded for sean walker I'm I'm on record on the show saying I like Sean Walker. This is not a guy that, you know, he's not just a tossing guy for the Flyers anyways. Maybe, you know, he's a cap dump for L.A. But if you're the Flyers, you're like, this is a guy we can do something with. And they're doing exactly that with him. He's doing exactly what you want. I don't understand the talk in, 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 in signing him. I really don't, especially when you consider Jack. They have guys like Milan Andre coming up, Ronnie Adder coming up. They just drafted Oliver Bonks, not going to be here for another three years or so. Um, but the point is, they have guys. They have cavalry coming in the defensive stable here. How long do we want to sign Sean Walker for that in two years he's going to be a guy, you know, we're all going to be bitching because he's blocking players. Do you know what I mean? Well, not only that, his play could drop off. There's not a whole lot of sample size with him. He was never like a bad defenseman, but like if he's asking for five years, four years at five, six, no, not by not six, but like five million and change, or who knows, you know, cap going up and demand going up and defenseman, right handed defenseman. I mean, you know, teams have paid up for Sillier. Um, my question is we're not really supposed to go for it theoretically in the rebuild. So Mishkov gets here, right? Like that's idealistically what you would think. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they're, they're supposedly getting ready like now for when he gets here, they hit the ground running. The team's playing the style they want to play for when Mishkov gets over here. All right. So let's, let's just say, yeah, that's when they're really serious about it. So in 2026, he'll be what, like 32 years old, mm -hmm. you know, and you're not going to have a guy, a rookie, 
come in and <clears throat> just turn into McDavid or whatever, whoever you, you have him compared to off the uh, year one, you know, like it's going to take some time. So Walker's like, I just feel like this team isn't doing anything like that to like legitimately like four or five years. Now we might be competitive and playing good hockey and we all have expectations earlier than that. But realistically, how often does a team do a rebuild, get a superstar and boom, they're right there in the Eastern conference finals. It takes time. I mean, look at freaking Edmonton, you know, how long that took them to get things going before they, I think they made the Eastern conference finals once, twice, maybe I can't remember if they had an early success, but not often, you know, even, even, uh, Sidney Crosby, what was he drafted? Oh, five. First time they went was oh, eight. So it's still like three years. So we'll say 2029. And that, these guys are higher caliber prospects than Meechkoff, that's for sure. Uh, you know, so now we're looking at almost 2030. We're going to sign Walker now. He'd be like 36 years old if you still have him around, if he's still the same player, if he's not blocking player. It's just, just take the draft pick. You've already gotten more than you could have ever asked for. You need to find some kind of def- number one defenseman in the draft some way, somehow, whether you're packaging, packaging it up and moving up or if you're getting lucky and just getting a guy in the mid mid rounds that could just wind up. You still need the center depth. You need you have draft pick needs. It's a good draft. Everything screams, just take the draft pick. You'll figure out the rest later. Walker, in my opinion, down the road when this team's actually trying to win something, will be either too old or just not big enough a part of the pie to one lean on, but also worry about when you have all these other young prospects you've been drafting and developing, and you're still looking for your number one defenseman. So to me, just you already got more than you could have ever asked for out of that Provorov trade. Don't screw it up. Just, just take the pick. And then if you want to try to resign him, be my guest, but, but you have to understand you're probably not going to get him, And I'm okay with that. I want the pick. I mean, he's making 2.65 now. Like, do we want Sean Walker back for more than $4 million a year? I don't know. Well, that's the other he's, part of the reason why he's going to go for so much. He's making two points something this year. Yeah. Like he's making six. nothing. Any team could fit that into their – like you have to strike while the iron's hot. He's playing super well. He's making nothing. So any you should have a, a bidding war for this guy. I don't know how many other defensemen are going to be available, especially with the East being so tight. Like are you – there should really be a plethora of teams knocking on the door for this guy. And I also don't want to see him get hurt either. You know, like let's trade him before things happen. Uh, yeah. But I say that at the same time, I'm like, I want a bidding war. So I guess you can't trade him right away. But like, what if you sign him and he gets hurt and his play starts to fall off? Or there's too many what ifs down the road where you can just trade him, get a pick, a pretty a first round pick for God's sake. For Sean Walker, come on. Like this is, right. this is to me, it's just like, come on. Right. Are we really worried about next year and the year after that? that much we're really going to do anything in those two years i really don't think so even if mitch crawford magically come over sooner which he's not i i don't see it i just don't see it there's too much development this team needs to go through and have yes they'll start winning more games we'll be out of the rebuild more in the learning slash can they make some noise but even then the team won't be willing to drop first round picks on trade deadline acquisitions they'll be like oh we'll pick up some depth see how they do they played well It'll be a bunch of bs so i want to i want to cash in for when they're actually ready to go for it and i don't see walker in those plans i he's just if he was 26 years old we're having a different conversation but he's not he's going to be 30 next year well you could even package up these picks for i mean what do the flyers need they need a top six center and a top defenseman 
And how do you get those things? Right. By you put, you, typically you put packages together and those packages usually, usually start with draft picks, you know? So there's just, there's more that you can do. Like, you're not tossing Sean Walker in any kind of a package to go get a top defenseman. You know what I mean? But, you know, team sees that first round pick, you know, maybe you toss in a couple and teams like to, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, I guess. If someone's offering me a first round pick and let's say it's, I don't know, between pick 20 and 30, that pick is still more appealing to me than Sean Walker because I get to do what I want with that pick. I get to pick the player I want. I get to do the studying, the homework, yada, yada, because I think that I can hit on that pick, right? The, just picks are more appealing. Uh, they're, they're more appealing to teams that are, are, are getting packages back because um, they control it. They're, there's control, I guess, um, whether it's false hope or whatever, they control the pick. Um, it's theirs to do whatever they want with. So the more picks you have, the more appealing a package looks for a top two defenseman or a top six center, two things the Flyers uh, desperately need. Now, let's get to the result of the poll here, Jack, because it's a little surprising, or maybe it's not. Hmm. So sign or trade Sean Walker. It sounds like we're both on the trade bus here. And before I get to the result, let me just see the comments here real quick. Um, so Antigrazio chimes in. That would be three first-rounders if the Flyers uh, did get a first for Walker. With other moves being made, hard for Danny to have a bad deadline in all honesty. He can do nothing and still opens up cap and has two first-round picks. Uh, and we have one more comment. We do have an Atkinson comment. We'll get back to that in a second, Mr. Twizzler, Twitzer. Uh, this is also from Ant. The thing is, you need solid talent to help develop the solid young guys coming. Next two to three years are very important in terms of young guys still developing. Yeah. And that's true. Um, it's just hard to pass up a first round pick for Sean Walker. And I think, I think Walker was never in the plans when they originally acquired him. So I think they'd be okay moving him, especially for a first yeah. and they'll figure, you'll figure that out. You still got Sandheim's playing well and we'll see what happens with sealer. He's another one I would probably trade. See what's going on. We're still lining. Um, I feel like you can bring in other guys of walkers or older veterans, not, stall older you can get guys you can get guys who are looking to be traded who are veterans that's like one of the, it's just not a concern compared to what they would be getting and i think the team knew i think the team feels that way because they knew they weren't getting any well i shouldn't say they knew they didn't expect to get anything when they got walker it was it was a throw-in yeah. so the fact that you get a, a first round pick out of that and as jim said that's universal currency in the nhl a first round pick you do anything you want with that it's a hundred dollar bill Money's really yeah. concerned, right. you know. I mean, that, that's fantastic. I mean, I can't I just this team. Right. Is if, one, if, I'm putting a if I'm putting a package together, Jack, for for one of your star players or whatever, and you know, one package includes a first round pick. You know, it's it's a late first, and the other package includes Sean Walker. Which one is more appealing to you? I mean, especially if I'm trading that pick, I probably want the draft pick anyway, and not a twenty nine 30 year old defenseman right the value of the pick is exponentially better than well think about who you're trading with if you're trying to move up in a draft you're trading with bad teams that yeah. probably are young and rebuilding themselves what are they going to do with the 30 year old defenseman i don't know i'm not you, sure like, you don't have to worry about this stuff when you have draft pick yeah right 
Just take the friggin' picks. Now he's going to wind up with a team like Toronto or somebody like that. And he dally resigns. He'll probably hit free agency and try to cash in. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, we could keep hammering this home, but like it's Sean Walker here. It's, this is not like, uh, I don't know guys. I I just don't get it. And I'm usually the guy that's like, trade the picks, go get a player, you know, Mm. resign this guy. But it just makes too much sense to just, Get whatever you can, even if it's a second and a third, Jack. You know what I mean? Well, there's only one like, player worth that. <laughs> like, take the picks for Sean Walker. You, I mean, sure, if he wants to come back, re-sign him for something under $4 million, That's fine. But there's no way you can hang on to him and, and re-sign him and not get picks back for him. The way that, the, you know, if they say they're rebuilding, this is something that they have to do. No matter how much they like the player, you have to do it. Well, I don't think, I think Jonesy or Briere took part of your poll, but just out of curiosity, what were the results? Okay, here we go. So uh, sign or trade Sean Walker. A It was almost split, almost. Really? So out of 712 votes, 54.1% said sign Sean Walker. 45.9% said trade. And, then, you know, there was like 30 people in the comments that said, oh, just trade him and re-sign him in the offseason. Which never happens, but unless you're Justin Braun. Anyways, but I digress. Um, so the poll started out very lopsided. It was like 70 or 80% uh, sign, which, you know, is expected because there's some recency bias. I think I even did it after a game where you know, he jumped up in the play and scored a goal. And even I was like, oh man, like they really might have to make a decision here because he's playing, like he, he's playing very convincing. Like convincingly good that oh there might be a debate here, like do they sign or trade? Which is why I made the poll. Um, but I was uh, I was surprised the fifty four percent that said sign him over trade him. Were you surprised at that, Jack? I wasn't. Uh, when you first put out the poll, I'm like it was might as well call it the recency bias poll. And a lot of it seems people just don't like watching the Flyers lose, which I commend. They're fun. They're exciting. This guy looks good. And, you know, I, I make a big deal about his age, but there's nothing saying that he can't play deep into his, you know, 30s. You know, it's not unheard of. I wouldn't build a, rebuild a team around it, but it's not unheard of. Uh, people see a good defenseman, and they, they want to keep that. I, I, I get it. I just have always viewed this team from an, a managerial perspective, seeing how other teams that have won almost universally across the board have rebuilt in some way, shape or form with stars, talented players. I don't want to re I don't want to rebuild a team and wind up like the St. Louis blues. Well, Jack, how could you say that? The one, the cup, that kind of team went in the cups pretty rare. And even they still had like a Tarasenko and uh, Oh yeah. Petrangelo, you know, like they still had those guys, but like the team overall, like they, they're not typically what you, how you rebuild a team that took a long time for that team to come together the way it did. And they almost got you there in heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears. Uh, I want to, I want to rebuild a team that be honest is more like how the penguins were, how Washington is, you know, like you might say, well, Washington only ever won one cup. One, they did win a cup and two, they won the president's trophy. How many years they won. They were always in the thick of it, always in the, in the playoffs playing and night in night out where we're sitting at home playing with ourselves, you know, like they're, I want to be the team that's always in the tournament and we'll figure out step two or phase two or three about 
how to win in the playoffs then once we're there. You know, I want to get there first. And those are the teams you can win, not just one, maybe two, maybe, God forbid, three cups and whatnot. You want to always be in the mix, always be pressing. Because if you go all in for lightning in a bottle one year and it doesn't pan out, well, then you're starting all over again. We cannot do that. I'll die. We'll die. We're going to die before that happens. (laughs) Build this thing the right way. We're always talking about the structure, the the base of of everything. Well, unfortunately, you need draft picks to do that. And if you're not going to finish top bottom five, we're hoping for top 10 at this point, um, then you got to do something. You got to get more draft picks so you can move up and get a, a legitimate player who has a shot at being number one defenseman on your team or just load up on defensemen and hope that one of them pans out. You just got to do something. You can't just sign Sean Walker and say, well, he'll, he'll do this and he'll be there to develop and he'll be nothing more than the second pairing defenseman, but we like him. Like, no, you got to make drastic measures. You have this easy answer staring you in the face on how to help your other issues. Just do it. Yeah. And I guess we'll see what happens. It's going to be something to watch. Uh, You know, if if they do resign, if they do sign him, I will be, I'll be a little, a little disappointed. Um, But I, I would have to assume that what that means is nobody met their ask, right? Like I would assume that means nobody offered up a first round pick or multiple picks. Like if they're not getting a first, I would hope that they're asking for like a second and a third type thing. And if they, if they sign him, I I would have to assume that they weren't getting what they wanted. So, you know, I would be disappointed that they couldn't get that, but I'd, I'd also be like, all right, well, he's been playing well. Do you know what I mean? Um, where, whereas if they just, if they came out and signed him now, I, I would be pissed. <laughs> like, yeah. well, why didn't, why didn't we like wait to the deadline and see who there, needed defense here or something? There's no way. Briere would, would go against everything Briere said to do something like that at this point. If they ultimately don't move him at the deadline, it's a little different. I'll be, like you said, I'll be very disappointed because that means they're going to resign him. Um, which is, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but I just, I would be checking every insider imaginable to be like, why was he not traded for first? What went wrong? Yep. You know? So, but we'll see. Ultimately we'll see. I think he does get moved. I really, I don't see why not. And it just, what would the, what will the price be? It makes, it makes too much sense. Uh, Cause I mean, we've said multiple times, LA capped them for LA. Exactly what the flyers could have hoped would happen has happened. He turned into something. The change of scenery helped. Whatever it was, he rediscovered you know some old form, or he's got the right mix here. Now, not that they're going to fleece a guy because Walker has been playing well, but if you're ever going to fleece somebody, it's now. Twenty-nine-year-old defenseman, you know, has been hurt in the past, playing very good in a contract year. These are the guys, right side defense. These are the guys that usually go for more than they should at the deadline. Don't miss the opportunity to be that team that gets the one. That's like, holy shit, how did the Flyers get a one for Sean Walker? They have the opportunity to do that. Don't don't resign him like you did Risto, right? That was a move we've seen in the past where it was like, ah, recoup the first round pick and let's move on. No, they signed him for however long. Risto Linens played pretty decent, but still. I think we'd rather have the cap space right now. Um, so, I, I, you know, I would rather them, if they, if they are doing the rebuild thing, 
open, you know, open the cap a little bit, trade for some picks and still get good along the way. And, and let's move on. Um, so I'm sure it'll be a topic of debate for the next couple months. Um, we're coming towards the end of the show here. I, I just want to touch on some, some Atkinson things. So there's a couple of Atkinson comments, Jack, if that's cool. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Twitzer real quick. If I was one of the young guys, Atkinson, uh, watching Atkinson be immune to accountability, I'd stop listening to torts and interesting point. Um, I do have to say this in regards to that. So, uh, Atkinson obviously played with Tortorella in Columbus, right? Um, Atkinson and Tortorella are very close. Uh, like, like Atkinson sort of like torts is right hand man, uh, sort of his, uh, eyes and ears in the room when, when torts isn't around kind of thing, if you get what I mean. Um, so it would be extremely hard for John Tortorella to bench Cam Atkinson. And I think the players know that as well. Um, so, but I, that's a valid point as well though. Um, so that's, that's something that they're going to have to watch, you know, something that they're going to have to balance out. Like um, for me, if, if a guy like Bobby Brink is turning the puck over, it's way easier for me to sit him over Cam Atkinson. It just is. Um, but if you know, if if Atkinson's going on, if this is Cam Atkinson now, like I think you guys are right. I think even Ant said something up earlier. At some point, Torts has to say, "Hey, this 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 can't be for this long." Like he, we need, and he said it out in the media too. He needs goals from Atkinson. It's not like he's ignoring what's happening. Right. He's he's not 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 even called him out, but he said, hey, like Cam's here to score goals. He's not scoring goals. We need goals. He has said that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I don't expect him to bench him, but uh, you never know. We'll see. A new comment here. Maybe not even a benching, but cut an ice time. Uh, yeah, and that's true because he did. Uh, what did Tom, Tom was in the group chat. I think he said. Atkinson ended up playing like 17, 18, 19 minutes last he played, night. Jack. He played 19 and a half minutes last night, 18 the mm. night before. He yeah. did go through a stretch where um, from like the Det first Detroit game to, to to the Seattle game, he played no more than 16 minutes and as low as, as 13 and change. Uh, but, I mean, then you see him with 19 and a half there. It's like, geez, he's playing defense at that point? Yeah. I, and I wonder if, like, you know, they were out of that Edmonton game. So it's like, hey, let's see if Cam can get it going somehow. Or is, he plays he, he plays PK, right? I'm trying. Uh, I mean, I could, I'm not. I'm not going to look it. I'll bring it up next show. We'll, we'll talk Cam Atkinson again to see if he's getting ice time playing the PK. Because uh, I know Edmonton had a few power plays uh, last night. So, um, but yeah, and chiming in, he should be getting out. 12 to 14 minutes right now. Uh, he benched Lawton during a few games. Don't scratch him, but yeah, some kind of a message for sure. And, and I don't think that he's, he's like I said, I don't think he's ignoring Cam, but uh, it is, it is a little different with Cam Atkinson. Uh, that's all I can say really, you know, um, he's got a different relationship with, with killer Cam than he does with a lot of these guys. Um, so not that it's favoritism or whatever you want to call it, but uh, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a respect thing, or maybe it's a little harder for him. Um, I don't know. I'm not John Tortorella, but that's what, that's what it looks like for me. Um, Jack, any, any last things we want to mention before we wrap this baby up? I just want to show you one Christmas gift I got. I think it's pretty cool. It was picked up by my father-in-law. This is a 
1971 program, Flyers Sabres. No way. Andre Lacroix is on the cover. The first thing my parents saw was this American Motors. Like, ah, remember them? I had no idea what they were talking about. But yeah, dude, it's just funny. Look how it's actually for 1971, pretty good condition, man. Yeah, it looks like the perfect shape. Where do you find that at? I uh, some, I think he was in. Um, oh, geez, it'll come to me. It was like a antique shop. Okay. Um, in like New in Lancaster, somewhere in Lancaster, dude. Bernie Perrant's not on the roster. It must have been when they had traded him to Toronto for a bit. Wow. And, um, yeah, I think their top player was uh, Gary Dornhofer. Look at that stud. That? Hold on. He was one of my favorites on TV. An analyst. First, first, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. For him and Jim Jackson. Yeah. He was uh, He was, He was. was good. And uh, first ever All-Star. There were so much cigarettes and liquor being advertised in this. <laughs> Almost every page. Those were the days. Yeah, but no, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty rare for sure. Yeah, that's good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Um, all right, boys and girls, one last time, give us a subscribe and a follow. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Set alerts for weekly shows and favorite hoo.be forward slash hockey. Uh, it's a site that has all of our social media links in one place. Or head over to hwhockey.net for all of our latest episodes. Uh, as always, thank you for hanging out. Uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>